0: and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open Podcast. two, three! You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 171. My name is Nick Howell.
1: And taking my jacket off. No, wait. No, putting my jacket back on because it... It's cold, Nick. Oh, it's cold. Yo, it's chilly Ooh, in put here. Jacket back on, but it's cold. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted Wide Open. And my God, Nick, what a week Ugh. it has been. Uh- <laughs> Strap in, folks, because <laughs> we're about to I go mean, on a ride. <laughs> not since the beginning of this month, which was one of the biggest uh, moments in professional wrestling in the last 20 years, have we had a show this stacked. There right. is a lot to discuss this week. Not only did WWE go to Saudi Arabia again for Crown Jewel, we had AEW staring down full gear. We had NXT getting ready for war games on their Wednesday night show. Mm. We had a major title change hands on Impact. And... Um, Oh yeah, we had the greatest smackdown in the history of all smackdowns, according to Pat McAfee. But you know, he's not too far from wrong. We got tons of crazy news to go through. It was an absolutely it, it bonkers, insane week, Nick. Yes, it was insane. Uh, but not to back, mention first, the fact first. that I was
0: on the other side of the country, and well, I don't yes. really know what day it is right now.
1: <laughs> welcome back from Las Vegas. That was the next you. thing I was going to follow up with. Was uh, you're back? <laughs> we're we're back. we're back. We're back on the the tubes, the YouTube's. Thank you to everyone for joining us over there. Uh, Speaking of which, Nick, we have so much to discuss. Let's do our business. Let's do our housekeeping, and then we will get into the meat of the show.
0: Yes, guys, as always, you want to hang out with us over in our Facebook discussion group. Just search Busted Wide Open on Facebook, like our page, and send us a join request to get right into the group. You don't want to miss out on that stuff. Plus, you'll find links there to our Discord server where we have live chats for every show throughout the week and special channels dedicated for all pay-per-views across every promotion out there. We have a fantastic community budding over there, so make sure you're getting into our Discord community. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you pound that subscribe button, like the videos you enjoy, and hit that notification bell so you get alerted anytime we put up new content or schedule new live events. Every single week. Last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. You are the fuel that runs this machine that is busted wide open. We love your support, and what a great way uh, to, to show that support by giving your hard-earned dollars every single month. It allows Ian and I to continue to ramp this show up and do more and more with it, as well as you mm. know, eat some dinner every now and then. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. So... Patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on some of that. The ability to ask us listener questions for our weekly uh, patron mailbag episode where we answer all listener questions from our patrons live right here on YouTube as well. Bonus episodes every single month. Access to show notes. Sweet swag. Hell, you can even get a Skype call with Ian and I once a month at the $50 tier. And that's where the money's at. So thank you to all of our patrons out there. Patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on some of that
1: amen and uh, i'm gonna have to ask for everyone's pardon today i just gave dog ziggler a new toy and he's over there dropping the mandible jaw on that thing right oh now. boy so yeah it's it's a madhouse over here he's it's in gonna the be mood a squeaky day is that what you're saying it's gonna be a squeaky day today <laughs> and uh i i gotta say it's great because he's in the mood man he's in the mood to do some wrestling some grappling yes. and so am i nick so let's head over and talk about the big news
0: Well, It was interesting that uh, that I got back when I did on Thursday, uh, because I did I did while I did miss the actual broadcast of the show. I passed out as soon as I got home and woke up at like two in the morning to read. The first thing on my phone was that WWE talent and staff stuck in Saudi Arabia after yeah. the crown jewel event that happened in Riyadh. Uh, apparently, there it was a combination of weather. There was some stuff going on with Atlas Air because they were trying to get them to Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, all that, all kinds of stuff going on, madness and chaos that led to what we'll talk about later. But Ian, what happened with everybody? Do we know so,
1: yet? Well, we don't, there, there's been like a couple of statements, like official statements. Right. Um, of course, obviously with wrestling journalism, there's been a lot of speculation and sure. uh, wild hyperbole going on about what it could be. Uh, it, we know for a fact, it was nothing on Buffalo's end. We know for a fact that quite a few people got out on separate chartered flights, so it didn't seem like they were holding people back. It was just that the one major chartered flight that most everybody was on had mechanical issues, and that was Atlas Air's fault, and they've apologized for it. But yeah, people didn't get back until literally two hours ago now. That's yeah, I think like, Meltzer
0: had said uh, at the at the current moment that he tweeted it. He said it's SmackDown starts in 15 hours and it's a 17 hour flight right. <laughs> to get back from Riyadh. So they ain't, ain't gonna, gonna make
1: happen. it. <laughs> gonna and they even got like they got some people uh, out early that could have been on SmackDown. Most of the SmackDown stars, and then they realized we're not gonna make it, so they just sent them to New Jersey. So yeah, they 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 were, they were scrambling for stuff. It's funny because the big news segment today is actually going to be part of an ongoing thread. The whole first half of the show is going to be a story. We're going to tell a story Aww, because story time. Yes, uh, Crown Jewel ended with the most everybody like seventy five percent of their staff getting stuck in Saudi Arabia uh, and not. I mean, they were cutting it really close to make it back to begin with, and that's a whole thing that we could talk about as well. Is you know what the heck their thought was like that scene that to me as someone who is just totally anal when it comes to travel plans i like you know backup plans for my backup plans like that's the sort of thing that i would i would get the heebie-jeebies even like get like the hives even thinking about okay if the plane is even an hour too late i can't make this big show that would make me insane especially when you're talking about a company the size of wwe sure um so that would freak me out, but apparently they went with it. They're like, ah, we'll be fine." Saudi Arabia to New York, no problem. We got this. I think Nick, I think we actually talked about this on this show, uh, maybe last week, where or no, two weeks ago, where you were saying, "Wait, aren't they supposed to be back in New York on Friday for SmackDown?" Yeah. And the show is Thursday, and we were like, "Yeah, Nickboy's going to be tired for London. Like that's that's maybe they should have booked something in London. Like that's going to be a hell of a flight." And what do you know? A bit of a, and this wasn't like a small problem. This delayed them for thirty six hours. Yeah, so it wasn't like they had to sit on the tarmac
0: for thirty minutes or sixty minutes waiting to take off. No, no, this like why wouldn't they just put them on a different plane? Like you're, you've got billions of dollars. You've got Fox on the Bat phone. Can somebody not get a jet to Riyadh and get all these people back? Uh, That's what I'm. That's what I'm curious about.
1: Well, and that's why you you hear a lot of people who are reading through the wrestlers' tweets, which you should never do for news. That's that's the oh, world sure. of kayfabe right there. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh Rus tweeting out save us or something like that, <laughs> you know, it's just it's fueling the fire. Everyone's like, <gasps> did they say something wrong? Did they piss off the Saudi government? Oh my god, is there going to be some international issue? No, they're wrestlers. They're having fun while they're bored stuck in an airport. You know, uh, one one I would love to hear more stories about this whole process. Um, but obviously, here's the thing getting out of Saudi Arabia, Jericho said this on his, po- on his podcast before. Getting out of Saudi Arabia, especially on a flight to the States, is not an easy thing, especially a chartered flight. So mm. I think their options were limited. And again, I, I'll admit that's speculation on my part, but from the information that I have, I would speculate that it's not just something like snap your, not like, you know, flying from New York to San Francisco here in the States sure. where you've got a of flights leaving every day. It's, it's a little bit more specific than that. So, um, But again, we do know, you know some of the people that had a little bit more uh, stroke, a little bit more cash, were able to get out early. Um, but obviously not enough to have a full crew for SmackDown. But that's a whole other thing because we get, when we get to SmackDown, we'll talk about what they did to, uh, to manage to make a show with a quarter of their staff. Uh, and how they how they actually pulled that off and had one of the greatest Smackdowns of the year. I heard, the okay. I heard it was okay. I heard it was pretty good. Uh huh. What do you mean you heard? You watched it. I know you did. Yeah, of course. And I did. you better have. Of course we're, I we're, did. we're doing this show, and you didn't watch the Smackdown, Nick. I we're going to stop right now. Everyone's going to hold on for an hour and a half while you go watch Smackdown. I watched Smackdown, but thank God. Okay, I, w- well, I wasn't
0: sure whether I was watching Friday Night NXT or Friday Night Smackdown, but we'll 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 get back to that.
1: Hint hint, wink wink. But uh, yeah, speaking of which. Uh, it has been announced that Survivor Series this year will be a three way event. And that means Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. NXT now officially, I guess, based on this, is being promoted as a full separate brand. Now, you know, even though it is still there where all of their Performance Center people are still cutting their teeth, it's still now kind of a main roster show. And I I want to to,
0: treat it that way, frankly. I I, I want it to be that way.
1: I'm happy to treat it that way, too, but if that's how they're going to say it, I'm curious how it's all going to work. Are we going to have a whole bunch of triple threats? You know, like NXT Tag Team Champions versus Raw Tag Team Champions versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, Brock versus Fiend versus uh, Adam Cole, which is the most lopsided match I could possibly imagine. I mean... Winner take (laughs) all the
0: championships or something? I I, I don't know. is it possible we could have Brock three belts?
1: It's never – they never do it for the championship belts. It's just for bragging I rights, know, right? It's just bragging rights. Yeah. But uh, fine. Okay, so it's for bragging rights. I still want to see little Adam Cole get in the ring with, you know, Brock Lesnar and The Fiend. <laughs> I'm sorry. this That mental image just cracks me up. Yeah. Um, but so here's the interesting thing is – and this is a question, Nick, that is – I'm, I'm going to admit it's a little bit rhetorical and it's, it is going to get called back when we're discussing SmackDown. But is it kind of feeling like NXT is the DX of the three brands? And by that, I mean, are they the rebellious, cool, like not your mom's main roster brand? And is that something that might be good for them? But uh, and and i'm gonna I'm gonna actually give two options here. Bad for the main roster or motivating for the main roster, like creative on the main roster, writers, Vince, everybody.
0: Hmm. I don't know. What do you, I don't know. So you asked the first question, does it feel like NXT is the DS? Did they, did it feel like there was a bit of an invasion happening per se a little bit? We have had Um, the raw and Smackdown's uh, invade the other brands over the years, leading up to survivor series, just to cause a ruckus. I don't think they took it that far, But there were some things that happened, such as the things that uh, closed out the show that, you know, on Friday, last night. What day is it? Saturday. Yeah, last night, Friday night. You don't even know what day it is. I'm so turned upside down. (laughs) (laughs) There were some things that were said at the end of SmackDown that made me think that, uh, made me reflect on that, how we've seen Raw and SmackDown jump on each other's shows over the years. Sure. I thought this was a good way to do that if they're going to include NXT in Survivor Series now. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks.
1: We're getting ahead of ourselves here. I guess we do have to go talk about the rest of this because we can't really talk about that Survivor Series news without discussing SmackDown. We can't discuss SmackDown without first having to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Crown Jewel.
0: So I got back... From Vegas, uh, after a hell of a week, was absolutely wiped out. Passed the hell out as soon as I hit the door, and woke up at one or two in the morning. And decided, yeah, I'm going to go watch Crown Jewel while while my lady mm. sleeps, uh, and I'm going to go up here and go through this three and a half four hour show. And just to get it out of the way, and I got to tell you, man, I was very very entertained. Yeah, looking at it objectively. Yeah. Uh, there was only one match, and of course that was the Fury-Strowman thing, and this is just my opinion, but there was only one match that really underperformed. And You
1: thought I, Fury and Strowman underperformed?
0: I did. I did. Huh, okay. but compared to everything else that happened throughout the show, uh, I I had a whole thing where I was going to sit down uh, and write up a statement, and I'll still do that. I, there are a lot of things that I want to preach about and unload off of me my chest but I don't. I know we've got so much to talk about here today. Um, I'll give you the short version. The short version okay. is uh, the United States itself has quite a sordid history, right? It, it's it's 2019, and we're still talking about gender equality. Uh, we're still talking about uh, women in tech. We're still talking about all of these things, right? And it wasn't uh, just until the last 50 to 60 years that we had certain levels of civil rights take place. So. While I'm not naive enough to understand what goes on in Saudi Arabia, I do. I understand that it takes baby steps. And I understand that okay. there are things that progression that have to progress step by step to get there. I thought there was a very big step made. I was emotionally moved by it. I thought it was a really good showing. I loved the cameras cutting back to the crowd, showing the women smiling, cheering, videotaping it. Going up to the crown, I believe it was the crown prince's uh, wife uh, at the end, and and embracing. There were a lot of things that I that I saw that did not make me feel as disgusted as I have in previous Saudi Arabia events. I just wanted to call it out. There's a lot more I would want to say about it and break down about it, but I'll I'll save that for a
1: post I'll write up later. Yeah. Okay. So, well, because because for me that means their propaganda is working on you. Because maybe uh, it, maybe let's 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 call let's call it for what it is. It's propaganda sure, you know what I mean and and you can allow little things over here um, yes, you can have your women's wrestling match while still over here having uh, women who have been you know fighting in the streets for equality locked up and getting tased. so you know it's that's that's great and what's the what's the phrase until we are all free, none of us is free uh, so yeah we, we could argue both ways. Um, let's talk about that when we get to the women's match. I want to run down the entire card because the women's match. Yes, th- I think that's what you're referring to specifically. There, that was, I think, the big one of the big touch points of the show. They, they, you know, they were advertising these two big sports stars, Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez, coming to WWE for this show. But the big, uh, I guess, social talking point was the women's match that they finally had. Uh, but we'll get there. Let's let's yeah. run through the card real quick real quick we'll run through the card uh and then we'll talk about all of that uh started off in the pre-show with a battle royale which was won by i told you so umberto carrillo he did pull out it was for a, a u.s title shot with aj styles given what happened last week uh it made sense that they on raw it made sense that they were going to continue that um harper got a big pop though that was nice to see
0: yeah, the way nice that it ended Harper there with Carrillo and Harper and Rowan, I felt some shenanigans uh, at play. And I was wondering if uh, how that was going to end up. But no, it, it actually worked out. Uh, Carrillo snuck to the side. I believe it was Rowan knocked Harper out. And then, uh, mo- sheer momentum, Carrillo just carried Rowan forward. Carrillo's the winner.
1: Well, as I recall, Carrillo just tipped them both over. He just kind of threw them both yeah. over. The, like, well, I mean, Rowan legs, ran anyway.
0: into Harper, knocking him out. Right. And then Corio the, the continued, continued son, yeah. the momentum and flipped Rowan over, um, in in out of the ring. Corio's your winner. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that coming, but I guess I did. I, the more I think about it, so I did. And I know, uh, and, you've and it actually made it coming for, for made, six months.
1: I've been telling you, Carrillo, Carrillo, Carrillo. and uh, and then he went and had a match with AJ Styles later in the show, which was, you know, it was fine as well. It was uh, the only problem with that match is it came after Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, and the crowd was so hyped up after that that they didn't give a crap about the AJ Styles Huberto Carrillo match. But oh well. I mean, uh, there wasn't really anybody else in the match I thought deserved to win besides, uh, besides him that we would really have, that hasn't already had a few with AJ or wouldn't have had a good match later on, given the you know kind of face heel dynamics you want to have on an international sure. show like this. So. Um, so just one last note Rowan Shirtwatch. Rowan Shirtwatch. Oh, Rowan's shirt watch, Rowan shirt oh, Rowan shirt watch, Black Label Society, Zach Wild. yeah, little Zach wild yeah. action, very nice, very nice. Zach wild. good dude, big beer drinker, at least he was when I knew him. Um, then on the main show, we start off with Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez, and it was just like a it was an MMA match, they just lots of strikes. Uh, they didn't, it wasn't really a wrestling match, but uh, here was the weird thing. It was over in under two minutes. Cain Velasquez looked like he overcommitted, and Brock Lesnar got him into Kimura as he was going for strikes on the ground and tapped him out. And then f uh, 5 him on a chair. Rey Mysterio comes out, beats the crap out of Brock Lesnar with a chair, chases him off. What the hell? What, what was... Because what, I don't understand it. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. What was the thought of bringing in Cain Velasquez to WWE... Making him look like an absolute killer. Making him look like the guy who could finally beat Brock Lesnar. And then have, having Brock Brock him in two minutes. Tapping out your boy in two minutes. Like, I know, look, they're going for more of a shoot style here. And in shoot style, uh, submissions work very effectively yep. and they come in quick. And how many first like, round
0: TKOs and knockouts do we get in MMA? So I, that's that's yeah. how it works. Like yeah.
1: I, I get that theory. But why do that? Why have it booked that way? After all of this, I know there's more to be told with the story, but this, to, this seemed completely. Why did? And here's here's part two. Why did we need the belt for this? Sure. Why do Kofi dirty if you were gonna do it like this? This could have just been a grudge match between two guys. Who had history and you, beef.
0: You totally could have just brought it in as almost as a diversion away from the WWE championship. We let Kofi oh. continue to have his reign, but all of a sudden, while Brock Lesnar's challenging Kofi, here comes Kane Velasquez and he gets completely distracted and doesn't care about the belt anymore. Brilliant. Brilliant. That would have been fantastic. And we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had to sit here for the last month shitting all over WWE for for the six second Kofi Kingston defeat. Right. Ugh. Oh yeah, well, I, uh, I I did so like a, how fired Ray was. He came in swinging a chair like a wild man. Uh, yeah. That was very entertaining. Uh, it looks like it looked like he was really you know beating the tar out of Brock Lesnar, which you know pops the crowd. He, gave, he gave him a chair
1: shot. He yeah. gave him a head shot. Yeah, and Brock Brock, you know it was a, it was a protected chair shot. He got his arm up, yeah. but he went he got him in the head. Yep, like that's the first time I've seen one of those in a while uh in WWE, sorry, not not AEW. We do headshots in AEW apparently. I,
0: I don't know where this goes from here. Um I I did like the idea of Kane coming in. I agree with you the title makes it feel um more important than it should. Uh, in a way, but if you're going to continue to do things like one and two minute matches, it just it it dumbs down, if you will, the the value and the weight and the gravity of the WWE championship. And I just I yeah. don't like that.
1: Well, and it's, it, here's the other cr- crazy thing is we now know that Cain Velasquez has a legit knee injury. Mm. In fact, he had it before he even came to WWE. He's got to go have surgery on that and rehab. So now he's out for six months.
0: <laughs> got that five-year so, deal, though, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> it, but yeah. It's, the whole thing, Just it just boggles my mind. Like We needed a big match for Crown Jewel. They had Cain basically come in on a bum leg to have a big match and we screwed over Kofi for this, and now Kane's gone, and Brock and Ray are going to continue a feud. I actually wondered how they were going to continue it with them being on two separate brands, but we found out how they were going to manage that over on SmackDown, so we'll wait and get to that. Uh, we also had Tag Team Turmoil. Uh, long story short, your boys, the OC, won in the end, beat the Viking Raiders in the finals. Uh, wow! they gave given the OC some shine. I <laughs> thought this was the best-case scenario, given that you know the whole idea of these stupid events like this is to give them something to brag about, right? Yep. Give the heels something to brag about. That's just what the OC need. I what love you think about? I,
0: I loved Tag Team Turmoil. I think it started off a little slow, but when it wrapped up with heavy machinery, the OC and uh, War Machine, because it is War Machine. Uh, if you had told me five years ago that I would get to see War Machine facing Anderson and Gallows. For the best tag team in the world, I would have told you you were crazy, but we got it, and it's one of those things that was just oh, just f- yes, just keep feeding me all of this stuff. Heavy machinery looked fantastic as well. I wanted to put that out yeah. there. It looked like Otis was getting a little gassed there towards the end, but uh, he's the,
1: been. I, I've seen him look like he's getting gassed in a couple, but they're making that boy work hard in these yeah, matches, they are. man.
0: But it's, they're giving him a lot to do. Yeah, he gets that hot tag, and he can go for about sixty seconds, and then he's just gonna he's gonna be at, at that speed that he goes. Yeah, uh, at full. Kool-Aid Man, rawr, speed. Uh, and Kool-Aid the, Man? Yeah, it's like Kool-Aid Man and Macho Man Randy Savage had a baby, and that's Otis Dozovich. Uh, there you go, people. There's a visual for you. There's a visual. Uh, but okay. yeah, War Machine and the OC. The OC are the best tag team in the world. Hmm. I would not have picked them. but I You would have, have picked oh, OC? I would not have picked them to win it, but I'm over the moon about it because... We got to see it. The trophy come back out later. I think it's just going to be a running thing. I think the OC is hitting on all cylinders right now, and I'm frankly I'm about to start calling them the phenomenal ones anyway.
1: So, oh, no, yes,
0: totally. The phenomenal yeah. ones are killing it right now.
1: So, hashtag Nick Booking. Yep uh so yeah no it, and, and i know you're a fan of the wwe tag stuff when they do it right and i thought they did it right here so props to them for that another match that, that we pretty much all knew the outcome of but they still over delivered was mansoor versus cesaro mansoor the guy who they trot out every time they're in the uh no, he can't can't be in a match or win a match any other time of the year but apparently like being in saudi arabia is his spinach and he came out and had a a very nice match with Cesaro. Cesaro, I th- you can see why he got put in the space because that guy is the definition of a good hand, and I mean that in, you know both senses of the word. Uh, he's a, he's fantastic, and he can work with guys who are inexperienced like Mansoor and get a great match out of them, and he did here. And Mansoor cut a great promo after this match about how great it was to come home to Saudi Arabia and and compete and all that. So. Yeah, another one that overdelivered. Do you think the monster is ever going to get a push outside of Saudi Arabia, or is this just like a Saudi Arabia thing?
0: Not in the Mansoor. current landscape of NXT, but I I was surprised that he didn't end up in the. Was he in the Breakout Stars tournament? I don't think so. He wasn't in there, was he?
1: No, but okay. he has had matches in NXT. He had a one against Dijak, I think.
0: Right, but I, I feel like it's the the landscape right now is pretty set in NXT.
1: You've um, no. got so much room for growth with them taking over 205 live as well, which just seems like it seemed to be like sure. going over there. I can see lot Mansoor in the
0: cruiserweight division. Absolutely. He'd do fantastic. So I, I think there's going to be an opportunity for him. It's a wait and see. Uh, he's 24. With plenty of time,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, we had Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman next on the card. And, as a way to protect both guys, I thought they had a very smart finish. They had Tyson give Braun a couple of cheek checks outside of the ring, and then Braun was not able to get back into the ring in time, but he was not knocked out and he was not pinned. Uh, in fact, he didn't like getting counted out, so he gave Tyson Fury a big old slam inside the ring after that, which Tyson popped right back up from. Gotta <laughs> sell, Tyson, gotta yep. sell. Uh, but yeah, so this was, I thought this was a, a smart way to get it, them, get themselves out of a situation that we knew was, you know, you couldn't make either guy look really weak and you couldn't make either guy look really strong. So I don't know what you uh, you said. This was not, you didn't like this match. Why didn't you like this match? This
0: was pretty much the only thing that I was just a complete meh at like the, (laughs) like there were entertaining aspects of just about every single match on this card. If not the fact that they were great matches, but this one, I just, I wanted to get, I mean, he's my boy. You know, of course, I, and, I, and I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I fashioned myself in his visage. So at the same time, I, I just sat here going, the, we've been down on this whole thing since Tyson Fury appeared on the Smackdown debut. We, we've we, it, it, it did about exactly what I expected it to just meh. And, and yes, does it, does it, how it played out? Does it keep them both looking strong? Yeah. But to what end? What next? What are they going to do now?
1: What do you mean to what end? What to what end was the match in the first place? Exactly. It was to get Tyson Fury in the card, get eyes on the card. Great.
0: He wanted a payday. You know? he got it. Congratulations. He please, got it. Please go back to but boxing.
1: I'll give, I'll give I'll give kudos where kudos are due. Guy impressed me. He worked. He was working better than I thought he would.
0: That's fair. He did you take know? some pretty serious bumps. Uh, he and he took them well, and they looked great. He did some good selling, yeah. except for at the very end. But at the you know, it, look, it was fine. It was just, eh, I just didn't care. I want to care. Yeah. I want Braun and stuff that I care about and that I can invest in.
1: And this is okay, just not Okay, but to one be fair, did you ever care about this match? No. Okay, no. there you go. So you are right, but if you wanted to say, okay, this match is happening, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it, you know, a fair shake. It was not bad. It was, I mean, yeah. you know, given the stuff we've had in Saudi Arabia in the past and given what this could have been, it wasn't bad. And, you know, I'm no fan of Tyson Fury as a human being, but as a performer, he did a good job here. I like the fact that he was interviewed and got mad about people calling wrestling fake. Like, now that he, he said that once he went through the training, he was like, dude, this is harder than boxing. He's like, this is hard. He's the, it's like, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, him coming out in defense of that, like, honestly, like, he was going to come out and defend more wrestling. Like, good on him. We need more dudes who are going to come out and take a couple of bumps. Uh, And see what it's like. You know, as someone who works in the service industry, we were joking the other night at my bar, like it would be a whole different world if instead of uh, you know people mandatorily having to be in the army or or whatever, or you know having to go to school, if everyone had to was conscripted into being a server or a bartender for at least a year out of their lives. Yeah, and seeing what it's like on the other foot, and you know, how much more empathetic you would be to, to other people, people in servile positions if you were forced to do that. It's the same thing here where, you know, you get a regular sports guy go out going out there and taking some of the hellacious bumps that these guys take on a nightly basis, and all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of people in positions that people, are respectable positions saying, don't call this fake because <laughs> it ain't fake. It's real. Uh, it's just scripted. So just thought that was an interesting perspective sure. on Tyson Fury's part. Yep. Um, Nick, I'm actually going to change things up here at the end just so we get we, we, we backload this segment. Uh, I'm going to talk about Team Hogan versus Team Flair next, which was uh, Team Hogan was, of course, Roman Reigns, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, and Rusev. And Team Flair was Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, what did you think of this match? I felt like it was a crowd-pleaser match, like, nothing, you know, fluff, nothing to it. Not uh, not uh, what would you call it a, a healthy meal? Yeah, but certainly filling.
0: Um, well, we had Ricochet in like throwback. I, I don't even know what character he was supposed to be.
1: He was actually okay. I'll, I'll tell you if you ever watched the anime My Hero Academia. Okay, he was actually dressed as one of the superheroes on that show, All Might, which is funny because All Might's actually built like Brock Lesnar on the show, <laughs> and Ricochet's <laughs> built like Spider Man. Right, but whatever. It was actually a really good costume of that character, and apparently he's a fan of that character, so that was cool. He came out dressed as an anime character.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm starting to look at Ricochet. They keep saying he's a real life superhero. You know, they keep saying it's, that, and now they're putting him in a costume, and I'm going, "Oh God, they're doing nothing. He was
1: win. Nightwing at what uh, uh, at SummerSlam, right? What or whenever it was. If he's into it,
0: then I'll never say anything ever again. If this is his doing and he wants this, I, more power to you, brother. But it just it feels silly. It feels,
1: uh, I don't know. Well, I'll I, tell you right now. If there's one dude that can pull it off, it's him. It's Ricochet. Sure, sure. And you the Nightwing
0: outfit looks great. This one looked great. I love the colors. Um, you know, it was it was fine. I just, I, I, feels like they're putting him into a corner of being this superhero thing. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and sure, it's just become more and more. Here's what I like about it. It puts uh, a sort of a coat of paint on him in a way. In the sense of yes. like, it gives him a character. It gives him a gimmick. Yep. It gives him a thing rather than just being <laughs> and some flashy lights and flippy shit, right? It gives him Which is, that's That's Vince's thing, though.
1: Yep. He's, he's loved superheroes. He's always loved superheroes. He's always wanted to have superheroes for his wrestlers. Now he's got a guy who can go out there and do superhero things. He tried it with Neville. Remember when he tried to give Neville the cape and uh, Neville was yeah. just like, get this goddamn cape yeah, he's off He's doing me it with Shinsuke now. <laughs> Well, the cape, at least, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't trying to make him a superhero. But he was trying to make Neville a superhero. Neville, Neville was just like, oh, God. I remember there was one time when Neville was teaming up with Stephen Amell against Stardust and um, The Ascension. I wonder where all those guys are now. How that, how'd that that angle work out for you, Vince? Um, but here's Ricochet, who, you know, both in person and on screen, is just the, like a really sweet, lovable guy. And... It, it, I think it works better with who he is. So the only downside is the relentless branding, right? Yeah. Is them just shoving it down our throats. Hey, he's a, a real superhero. life superhero. All right, all right. We get it. Yeah. We get it. That being said, I do know it's working real well with the kids. His merch is selling well. And, you know, he's, you've got a lot of kids who love them some Ricochet. So, hey, man, you know, there's, there's a reason Vince has uh, got so much money. He's losing a lot of money, but he's also got a lot of money. And that's because, you know, on some level, that kind of thing works. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes sometimes branding a guy and giving them uh, a really easily graspable gimmick or personality actually works. Yeah. So, oh well. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, Roman, (laughs) Superman Punch, Spear, and uh that's that's And your it was match. even
0: rushed. It was like raw beard. Uh, oh my god, we're over. Uh, wait, what just we're happened? Out of time.
1: Yep. Well, <laughs> and he kicked out of an RKO. Oh god. He kicked out of an RKO, one of the most protected moves in WWE. Is, you think it's one of those things where if it happens in Saudi Arabia, it doesn't really happen, or is this like are we seeing the the re rise of, of super reigns here? Ask
0: me that again in two minutes.
1: Okay. Uh, so next. Let's uh, let's talk about the other two matches on the show, and I'm I'm kind of I'm debating which one to talk about first, whether the women's match or the title match. Which one do you think we should do first here? Nick? Um, I'm gonna um, leave let's, it to you. Let's
0: do Wyatt Rollins because there's there. I okay. want to I want to kind of continue or at least end on a positive uh, of what happened with Natty and
1: Lacey. So let's do Wyatt okay. Rollins. <laughs> positive for you, maybe. Uh, all right, so Wyatt and Rollins, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins was. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins match, uh, red lights, fighting everywhere, lots of big moves, lots of stunts. Uh, lots of pe- Seth went through some tables. Bray went through the announce tables. Uh, Bray went off the stage into a bunch of equipment, explosions, fire. And uh, as Seth was catching his breath, Bray pops up out of the smoking pit and gives him a mandible claw, and then gives him a sister Abigail pins him one two three. A title has changed hands on a Saudi Arabia show, and Bray Wyatt is your new champion. Yowie, wowie! Uh, Yowie, yeah, wowie? We... Oh, why do this here and not at Hell in a Cell? Was this reactionary to the Hell in a Cell finish, or what the hell was the was the thought here?
0: <sighs> I don't know.
1: Let I don't, me double down on that. I don't, I don't, don't that. know. Let me double down on that. And this, actually, I had this theory at the time of the show, and it has since been revised because of things that happen on SmackDown, but my initial theory was, oh, sure they can have the title change hands on the Saudi Arabia show because on Raw we have a cage match between Seth and Bray, and Seth can just walk out of the cage and win his title back without having to pin him. So they have an easy out, get the title back, flip it around. So give us, you know, a, a, a proper finish to the Hell in a Cell match in the in the Hell in a Cell revision match. They can, you know, basically give the give the briefcase to uh, Carmella after giving it to Ellsworth the first time. Uh, but they can have their cake and eat it too. Essentially, yeah, that's been revised. But is this was this just reactive booking? Do you think this was reactive booking?
0: I, I don't want to like dumb it down to that. The, there's more going on here. We know that we're going to get them again in a cage on Raw on Monday. There's I want to believe that there's a bigger story being told here. Skeptically optimistic, and I okay. think somebody made a bad call at Hell in a Cell. But looking at it objectively, you know, we did our whole hell in a cell rants. Looking at oh, it objectively, boy, I, I think there might be something here, and I I want I want to I'm along for the ride at this point, and I want to see what happens. I want to play
1: it out. I use up all my f bombs for the rest of the year on that oh, yeah. hell in a cell yeah, rant. No more. Uh, uh-uh. This was fine. It had
0: some cool spots. Uh, the whole thing in the electrical boxes at the end was interesting. They brought everybody out trying to find him down in there, and then. Seth is pulling one of the boxes away, and he jumps up and claws him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you think
1: about him eating like 10 curb stomps and no selling them?
0: I think if he's the only one that ever does that, it does a good thing to cement the fiend, and I think going forward, he needs to make sure that he does that for everybody's finisher because there needs to be a level of consistency where if it's Bray, he has a level of weakness. If it's the fiend... If he's going to be able to kick out a Seth's finisher, who's your top guy, your mm. universal champion, and the curb stomp is the finisher of finishers, then you have to be consistent about this. And that's my only and, concern is that they're not going to be.
1: And I don't like the fact that they have recently been having finisher spam in some of these big matches, you know, like like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns kicking out of six of each other's finishers, that sure. kind of thing. Roman Reigns eight five F5s, he's still kicking out. Oh, he's an an animal. Oh, God, come on. You know, like that, and people who are saying that the curb stomp is dead need to remember that. Like, they're still using the F5 as a a game-changing finisher. It's still a match ender. Uh, And one of them will take out anybody, even after that match. So the curb stomp's not dead because of this. But, you know, what it does do is make Bray feel immortal. And that makes it so I don't know where they go with him from here.
0: It's, you know it's I mean? almost the same argument you, we would, we would made about uh, Braun Strowman. Once you strap him, how do you keep him looking strong? How do you but how take do you, it off? How do you get it off him? Yeah. So, how do you
1: balance it? Yeah. And it's, that's the problem with this is that, you know, you have to strike the balance between having an entertaining match and having an immortal character, having, having a book, a, a, you know, character that doesn't take damage. So I like it in theory. You know what I mean? Like, um, you can. I don't. I don't mind having a supernatural character that can't be hurt. Um, that's fun. It makes for an interesting story. But I also don't trust WW to tell that story. Yeah. And that's more what it comes down to. Is I. I didn't have any real problems with this all in theory. What I did have a problem with is what this sets up for the future. Sure. And the the, the fact that I don't know if they know how to land this particular plane. I,
0: I treat this um, the same way I do uh, Demon Balor. It's the like the demon. if the demon loses, that's you're cashing that check. Like it's And then the logic, point, of gone. course
1: the demon's a great example because you know, then you make the demon this unstoppable character. Why doesn't he bring them out against Brock? Right? Right. You've got to have logical explanations for that. And they don't. They don't logically explain it. They're just like, ah, they'll figure it out. They'll they'll make their own reasons for why. Right. Um I guess is all this comes down to is I still think it's a dumb idea to have him go for Seth out the gate. I think it's a dumb idea for the fiend to have the strap. They should have kept it in their pants. There's a lot of other things they could have done with him. I don't know why they had to do this right away.
0: But it so. is what it is and we're but along, it we're and here along we for the ride, you know, at this point. Here we point. are.
1: Things could be worse at this point. Yep. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. They could have been Oh, much Totally. Worse. <laughs> yeah. So let's end with uh, the quote-unquote history-making match. Uh, and that was Lacey Evans versus Natalia in the first ever women's wrestling match held by a professional wrestling company in the country of Saudi Arabia. Uh, there obviously were some stipulations for them to have this match. They both came out in full-length bodysuits, everything covered but their neck and hands. Their hair was tied back, no makeup, and both of them are wearing... Baggy shirts to uh, to not be showing off any form because women's bodies are terrifying. Oh man. yeah, terrifying, terrifying things. You wouldn't want to have those male urges be uh, stimulated by seeing a woman's form. You know what? It know, reminds God, me. God forbid you have any any self control. But spe- speaking anyway, of which, a quick aside.
0: Uh, one of the th- my favorite things that comes out around between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're about a month away from this hitting is the annual Pornhub statistics deep analytics that come out that shows you which country is watching which stuff. So I want to remind you of that. And we're going to go back and look at Saudi Arabia when that comes out, just as a little fun thing to do, because I'm I'm a tech guy. We're into big data. We like analytics, all that stuff, right? Let's see what Saudi Arabia has been watching all year in 2019.
1: Anyway, yes, that's, that's why you're on Pornhub for the statistics. Uh, Totally. Right. I read it. I read it for the articles. Uh, so yeah, here they are coming out to the ring and they have another one of their matches it was one of like of the dozens of matches they've had this is one of their better ones um, you could tell it was a little bit heightened because of the emotions that were in the air um, and then you know Natalia beats Lacey and uh, afterwards there is a big a very emotional celebration you know both Natalia and Lacey get up on the ring posts and and celebrate. Uh, lots of tears. They embrace in the middle of the ring. Lacey is sobbing, and they both go ringside. And as you said, uh, we're speaking to a woman ringside. We never officially got uh found out who she was, but we think she was the crown prince's wife or someone important's wife because she couldn't be there alone because that's illegal. It's actually that's actually a law. She could not have been there alone without male uh, a male escort. Um. So yeah. So they embraced her and were saying thank you and. Uh, Natalia backstage was very emotional talking about what a big moment it was. Uh, do you feel that this was actually a legitimate baby step forward or was this just lip service?
0: Unsure. And I have my feelings and I said at the beginning of the show how I felt about this. I want to give you a moment to, to talk about this because I, I tried to take this at face value. I tried to look at this as a country potentially trying to make some progressive change. And they have, outside of WWE and all the Saudi events, they have actually been trying to make some progressive change in Riyadh. I've. It, it's out there. You can see it. They're amping sure. up their tourism industry. They're inviting people over. They're doing some of the biggest architecture in the world, like Dubai was doing ten years ago, and Abu Dhabi. Yes. Right. So a lot of this stuff is the the Middle East is going through its own thing right now, and I I think Well, specifically kind
1: of, Saudi Arabia, specifically with their, with their Saudi 20, Arabia, twenty thirty plan, UAE,
0: Abu Dhabi, uh, like those areas of of the Middle East are really going through a renaissance of the last ten years. There's still some bad shit that goes on. Let's make no mistake. There's plenty of beheading journalists, all of the stuff that goes on. Just, uh, it's it's horrifying. But I try to take this at face value as a country and leadership attempting to change. And if that if that's genuinely what this was, and not just completely rose-colored glasses around WWE women's wrestling propaganda, then. It, you know, I, I want to give it its due. As, I guess is what I want to say.
1: Okay, I, I think I do think you're having rose-colored glasses here because you're assuming that this isn't uh, Saudi Arabia spending a, Saudi Arabia spending a lot of money to whitewash their image, or as I've heard it called, sports wash their image. <laughs> um, you know, it's a way to present themselves to the world, to drive tourism, to drive commerce. And to try and sweep under the rug a lot of their human rights abuses and backwards thinking on social policies. So, um, for me, this felt like they were, they were giving a little bit to WWE so that WWE could go promote how progressive they are. And then it actually ended up feeding back into Saudi Arabia uh, in terms of, of their image because all they had to do was let two women wrestle for 10 minutes. And then they can, both both WWE and Saudi Arabia can point to this for months, years, and say, look, we did something good. We did something progressive. And meanwhile, do a 100 awful things behind closed doors. So to me, this was, oh, hey, cool. You know what I mean? Like, there's, the fact that they had this match is not a bad thing. I'm glad they had this match. It was absolutely 100% a good thing that they had this match. But let's put it in proper perspective. This was by no, this was, was it a step forward? Sure. The babyest of baby steps. Was it done for the right reasons? No, I don't think so. I don't think this was done with any kind of good faith on the, on the, on the government of Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't think that it was done because WWE really cares about women's rights. This was done because it's good for both Saudi Arabia and WWE to look good on paper. Um, and, and again, like, you know, this, this was a good thing. I, am I glad that the little girls in the audience got to see this? Yes. Am I g- glad that the grown women in the audience who were sitting there, they got they got, they got footage of them crying and a bunch of people videotaping this and like, holy crap, this is happening. Awesome. I'm so glad they got to see this. But it's not a like, let's be clear. The people of Saudi Arabia are separate from the government of Saudi Arabia, right? I'm glad the people got to see it. And, but the, it's and absolute, the royalty it's, for that matter. But it's it's the government that is the issue. It is, it is the, the ruling class yeah. of Saudi Arabia that is the issue here. And they don't. They, they, this is the crumb they're giving to the peasants. And it's like, see, see, aren't we magnanimous? We're letting this happen. But at the end of the day, are they going to you know, actually have any progressive female policies? Oh, you let them drive last year. Congratulations. You're coming so far. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad it happened. I'm really happy for Natalia and Lacey. Like, they obviously meant a lot to them. And, I, and, and and as it should for them. Um, I want to address something else real quick, and that was people were questioning. I was questioning why Lacey and Natalia um, before this because it seemed like an odd pairing. We'd seen them fight so much in the last couple of months, so there was no real feud there. They have tons of bigger talent. Why those two for such a historic match? That seems strange. I'm still wondering why that was if other women... Refused to go to Saudi Arabia, and these were just the only two that were loyal, or wanted the money, or what that was. Like I'm still curious about why these two. But um, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. The match happened, and only one water bottle was thrown at Natty. So I guess, in terms of uh, Saudi Arabia not being very accepting of this match, that's a that's a small outlier. Yeah.
0: Well, they so. were throwing shit at everybody. There was hats and gloves and stuff getting thrown at everybody down the ramp. I Randy yes, but they stopped threw, and they picked threw something up. Something
1: right? at, they, that, those were throwing it at heels. They threw something at Natty because she's a woman and she's wrestling. I understand. I'm not tr- Okay. At least it wasn't a rock.
0: I'm not going to change Ian's mind.
1: <laughs> they weren't trying to stone her on her way to the ring.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Look, uh, I as much as the WWE propaganda machine was in fifth gear for, for this, I, my takeaway is the shots that I got of the crowd because that's not – Yes, are the, are things changing over there? It feels like that to me. It it feels that way. Did they need did women require an escort to be able to come to the show? That's horrible. But did they get to see something like that on, you know, uh, next year do we get to see women uncovered in their actual gear? I don't know. This is the, what I'm talking about. It, it feels like just the steps going forward. And I understand yeah. that how many different religions do we have in the United States? Uh, we have a constitution. That's really the, the biggest difference that gives us inalienable rights uh, as citizens of the United States. They don't have that over there. And that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, we are granted certain things. Look, I'll say it again. It's been less than 100 years since uh, people of color, women, uh, anything but a white man could vote on stuff. Okay, We've come a long way ourselves. And it didn't happen overnight. And frankly, a lot of it is still going on. So it's not going to happen overnight in Saudi Arabia either. So yep. I, I like the direction and the trajectory. Let's just see if it holds course. It was a bumpy road for us. It's going to be an even bumpier road in the in the dynamics of the Middle East. So I want to see how all of that goes on. So
1: yeah, I, I w- with that I 100% agree. If anything's going to happen, it will be you know, baby steps. And then this potentially could be one of those steps. It just, it, it came off as, as hollow yep. to me. That being said, uh, you know, overall, uh, definitely the best show they've ever had in Saudi Arabia. Over I know there's a, yeah. a low bar, but they did pull off an entertaining show. Um, unlike the other ones, I don't really feel like I completely wasted my time, uh, watching this still doesn't excuse them taking their money, but Hey, it is what it is. Uh, the one thing that it did give us, Nick, however, was a whole bunch of superstars trapped on a plane. And because of that, we had a very interesting episode of SmackDown Live.
0: Well, this week on SmackDown, Friday night, Smack, Friday night NXT. I don't know what's going
1: on anymore. <laughs> what's the cure for the crown jewel blues? NXT invasion. That's right. When, <sighs> when when you're stuck with all of your people over in Saudi Arabia, get a charter flight from Florida and fly in half of your NXT roster and have them invade SmackDown. Brilliant, oh. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. This was Nick. I, I want to temper things first here. I want to I want to say this. It could have been easy for this to have been just you know a a cameo. You know, then it was. It was a lot of like cameos and like, I'm so excited to see so and so on this show. And I'm so excited to see so and so have get featured from NXT. Like, how cool so and so showed up and did something cool. And there was that. There was a lot of that. But then there was also some fantastic wrestling. And the spots that they did have were well. We know how hard it is, how for them at least, to have people to call people up and make them look good and make it cool and not just have them sit back and be like, ah, they'll think it's cool that so-and-so showed up. No, they took time to make these segments interesting and everyone was different and everyone had a different point and it got all of the NXT crew over, which was necessary because they're going into uh, Survivor Series as the underdogs. So anyone who's out there being like, ah, you just like SmackDown because you saw people on TV. Well, yes, but also how they did it. Yeah, was fantastic.
0: I would have even amped it up even more and taken the opportunity for Triple H to just open the show with him on the cell phone calling Shawn Michaels or something and going, hey, everybody's still stuck. Let's invade Smackdown and just really make that the point of the whole
1: thing, because I don't I don't feel it was that
0: on the nose and I really wanted it to be that on the nose.
1: I liked that it wasn't that on the nose. I liked the fact that they had their first segment, which we're going to do last because it's we're going to talk about the NXT Invasion first. Yeah. And also because apparently this is how close they cut it. They had an opening segment. Let's do it now. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. They had an opening segment with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman in the ring out there to talk about the Kane match. Who wasn't even scheduled the... to appear, by the way. Nope. Uh, Brock Lesnar, by the way, company man showing up on TV when no one else can. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you, th- Brock Lesnar actually showed up to work when everyone else didn't? Wow. Right. That's the, how the tables have turned. Um, but yeah, Brock and Paul were in the ring talking about how Brock finally got the uh, the monkey off his back. They actually showed the entirety of the Brock and Kane match. Not only was it that short, but they were stalling for time. Right. Uh, but <laughs> they showed the whole thing and we're, and the end of the at the end of the day, Brock quit SmackDown. And said, "Well, you're not going to let us get Ray on this show. We'll go to Ray. We'll go get Ray Mysterio on his own show. We're going to quit SmackDown and go to Raw." Interesting. Okay, how
0: does that work? Is he still the well, champion?
1: <laughs> he's still the apparently the champ, but he's taking his championship to Raw. Meanwhile, Bray is now the champion on SmackDown, which throws up all kinds of holes in my theory that Seth's going to win the title back on Monday because then you can't you're going to have two titles on Monday again. So, oh. but um, yeah, so. It's also funny because that means the Universal Championships coming back to SmackDown, which means that Vince still thinks that damn Universal Championships is his number one championship, which is hilarious. Hilarious to me. Um, So, initially, I was like, of course, Brock's out first because he wants to just get done with this show so we can go out and have a steak and not have to be there for the entire show. Right, Makes sense. No. Apparently, they did this first because the plane, the charter plane they had coming up from Florida got in at 755. Show starts at eight. Everyone from NXT who was on this show was driving to the show while the show was starting. They had a police escort. And that's wow. why Paul was talking. That's why Paul was talking so slow and pontificating because he was buying time. And they got there just in time for the third segment where they had the first NXT debut. But I liked, but again, you were saying you wanted it to be really like big, like have Triple H on the phone there, like, yeah, call on the NXT guys. They didn't know. If they'd get there in time, Nick, that's why you just had the little subtle shot of Triple H and Shawn Michaels watching Brock leave and kind of going, huh, look at that. Subtle little thing hedging their bets. But luckily for us, it happened. We actually did get an NXT invasion and it started after the match between Nikki Cross and Bayley, which was a fine match. Typical, typical ones. I I thought it was well worked on both their parts. Uh, ended up with Sasha Banks getting involved, costing Nikki the win. No real surprise there. Uh, I thought it protected Nikki. Fine. Okay. Yeah. But Which then, he Pushed, her, out of pushed nowhere, her off
0: the top of the ropes or something, and she yeah, pan- pushed her off the top yeah. of
1: the ropes, pancaked her, and then you know she got rolled up by Bailey. And one, two, three. All right. Fine. Nikki rolls out of the way as outside, out of nowhere, Shayna Baszler comes in, kicks Sasha's ass, runs into the ring, knees Bailey in the face, slams her, and knees her in the face again and then stands tall and walks away, looking like a million bucks.
0: Uh, Long yes. overdue, in Dude, my opinion. The,
1: we've been wanting Shayna on the main roster for a while for multiple reasons, just to inject something interesting. And seeing her in the, in the ring with the women's division, it shows what a marked difference her presentation is to the main roster women's. Yep. Like, the, the main roster women who, who try to get in the ring and look badass, and Shayna gets in there it and just is. Yeah, you just you feel she's got the presence.
0: There's no trying uh, on Shayna's part. She just is. No. Well,
1: because she could legit kick any of their asses, yeah. and some of the men too. Yeah, no. Uh, so that that helps. <laughs> Shayna's is a, a bad woman. Uh, so this was this was the moment when we were watching the show, Nick. Uh, at least for me, I don't know about you. When I went, huh? What? What? And sure enough, they didn't. They did not wait. The second that that was done, we cut to the back. Sammy Zayn is saying, Okay, I see what's going on here. Uh, the old uh, the old NXT feels like they're gonna, gonna take over, huh? Okay, I remember NXT. Starts talking smack about NXT. Who should show up? Staring him down. Bro. Matt Riddle, glory. Keith Lee. They're there. Oh. They're like, What's up, Sammy? And he's like, No, I love NXT. Look, I mean wearing an NXT shirt. He's wearing a black shirt. He's like, Ah, oh, it's in my it's in my um so my car. I'll go get it. I'll go get it. I'm like okay, we'll go with you. And he's like, no, you don't have to go with me to my car. Oh crap! They chase him out to the ring, where they just proceed to murder poor Sami Zayn. He's a bro Derek, and our boy Keith Lee does it. Does, does moon salt
0: in his sneakers. He's not even in, in his, his gear. He's in jeans and sneakers. Uh, does a four hundred pound moon moonsault. salt onto Sami Zayn. Oh, Jesus. I
1: loved watching the crowd during that part because you could tell who's watching NXT because about half the crowd was chanting NXT for this stuff, yeah. and half of them were just like, "What is going on? We know we've who are, <laughs> who are these people? people? Keith Lee goes off the off the off the middle turnbuckle into a moonsault of Sammy, and I'm watching people in the audience going, "What the hell?
0: <laughs> the heck was that? It was also very telling that they had Trons prepared for all of them on the bigger Not set. All of
1: them. They, they didn't have all their videos. Like they had some of their their uh, fonts. Like Champa had his font, but not his whole uh, video.
0: Oh, so the, the, but I don't remember them showing that when Champa came out because they just did that thing
1: tunnel. They went shot. on close on it because they didn't have the presentation right. Yeah, yep. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So as I said, Champa was there too. They were having a Miz TV. Miz was saying how oh, I'm supposed to have Bray Wyatt. He's not here. So uh, since uh, NXT's here. Why doesn't someone from NXT come out and talk to me? And he got Ciampa. Mm. He got Ciampa who came out and said, you're everything that's wrong with the main roster of WWE. You're fake. You're annoying. Yada, yada, yada. want to be actor. want to be actor. I'm the real deal. And uh, Miz goes, those sounds like fighting words. And Ciampa goes, those are fighting words, boy. Let's do this right now. And they had a match. Champa versus Miz.
0: Uh, My goodness! Are you okay with Champa touting the the whole "best in the world" thing? Uh, is does that become? I'm the greatest to have ever done this. I mean, is this just yet another iteration of what we've heard? You know, from Shane McMahon, CM Punk, many others over the years. Um, it, does it feel tropey for Champa to be?
1: You know, I'm the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Yeah, sports entertainer. I like I like the inherent sarcasm. Oh, okay. In that. All right. You know what I mean? I I like the fact that he's there's – there's a little bit of a sneer about sports entertainment, right? Sure. Uh, in, inherent in that. But uh, I also like the fact that um, it, it it is, as you said, part of that ancient lineage of braggadocio, right, where he's basically saying, I'm the best. He's just finding a new twist on it. He's not saying, I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. The, I'm the best in the world. I'm the best to ever do it. Whatever. He's got his own twist on it. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. So, uh, but then they had a match. And you know what was surprising to me? It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Miz, Miz gave him a good match. Yeah. Uh, they worked really well together. And uh, what the, the only thing I, the only issue I had was now Miz is a face. is kind of a tweener. We don't know what the hell Ciampa is. And the crowd wanted to cheer Ciampa because he came out looking like a badass. No one knew who to cheer for here. And uh, Ciampa wins, and everyone's like, yay, boo. Uh, uh, don't know.
0: They need um, – well, I understand the circumstances defined what happened on this show. and But that said, I feel like they haven't done a good job positioning Champa in his return. It, m- what I mean is I feel like every indication on the dial says he's a face right now. But he still has a crowd reaction, that, and he's still kind of a dick. So is he a heel, or is he a face? Pick one.
1: Well, <laughs> well, according to what I saw this week on NXT, he's a damn face. Yeah, he is. He's a tweet face. He's a badass face. But, uh, but he's definitely a face. But that's the thing. So is Miz. And Miz was even sucking up to the Buffalo crowd. He's wearing a shirt that says, B- Buffalo is awesome. So that's why the dynamics were a little bit messed up in this match. But at the same time, we had a good match. Who cares? It was awesome. Uh, we next we had Fire and Desire come out to the ring. They thought they were going to have a match. Uh, New no. backstage, we cut to Dana Brooke and Carmella getting whooped up on by Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca throwing Dana into boxes over and over and over again, and, and then and then you know pressing Carmella over her head and throwing her over the boxes like a piece of trash. <laughs> Back on. <laughs> oh my, that was a great beatdown. And then walking away, she looked great. And then we th- I thought she was going to come out and face Fire and Desire, but no. Instead, Rhea Ripley's music kicks and she and Tegan Knox come out and beat the crap out of Fire and Desire in a match, which was messy but fun. Um, Jesus Christ, dude. We've been talking about Rhea Ripley when she finally shows up on the main roster. My mm. God, that, that, that woman is going to be the next – I hate doing the whole next Charlotte Flair thing or next Stone Cold thing. She's going to be her own person. Yes, yeah, she is. But in terms of like where she's positioned is what I'm talking Don't about. Don't rush She's it. going to be top of the damn card.
0: Let things settle every- down. Let her come in in the rumble. Make a run up to uh, mania. Just keep it in your pants. <laughs> just let it play out, guys.
1: If there's one thing we know about NXT, they're good at like meeting out the stories, yes. right? Like giving it to us when it's time. So hopefully Vince didn't watch this show and go, hey, who's that tall Australian chick? Who's that tall chick with the accent? I like her. Uh, and then call her up and ruin her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was This was great, too. Ripley looked like a million bucks. Tegan even looked good, even though she did <laughs> toss. Uh Sonia over the announce table, right into Renee Young's face. Got a
0: got a, a heel right into the you know. Yep.
1: Renee they even Renee said on commentary, bloody, "I
0: think I broke my nose."
1: You <laughs> got a bloody nose. Um. So yeah, that was fun. And then the piece de resistance, Nick. Mm. The the probably the the most that one of the best backstage segments I've seen recently, and certainly the best one of the show. The one that made me giggle like a little schoolgirl. We're backstage. We're following Daniel Bryan. And he walks up to uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, who were standing there, and he goes, he goes, I see what's happening. Um, I'm looking for a fight. And you know anybody who might want to fight? And Triple H gets right up in his face and goes, You talking to me? <laughs> and we're I, like, I got vibes H, from his championship. Triple H Daniel run. Bryan? Triple H Daniel Bryan? Huh? Huh? And Triple H goes, I'm not <laughs> I mean not me, of course. But you know, there is someone else who's really been wanting to take a piece out of you, and Shawn Michaels starts taking off his jacket. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> "Yeah." Ah! And of course, Triple H goes, Oh, no, 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 not him. Not oh, him. It's no, oh. Yeah, oh, it's cold in here. doesn't wrestle. Put your jacket back on. Put your jacket back on. It's cold in here. Mm. Uh, no, no, no. This guy and Adam Cole walks in from the other side of the screen with the NXT Championship on his shoulder. <laughs> and the, oh, my God. And Daniel Bryan says, Cool, I'll fight you. How about if it's for that championship? Triple H goes, "Oh, we're you're a betting man. I'm a betting man. Let's do it." Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship in the main event of this show, and they went out there and burned the damn barn down.
0: And they gave him 20, to, 20 minutes at least.
1: They gave him twenty minutes. Yeah, they it,
0: gave him th- oh. three commercial breaks. It was all. It, uh, I was looking at it. I'm like, "Is this the last thing they're going to do on SmackDown?" Because there's still a half hour left on my recording here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go out there and give Daniel Bryan, who's reverting back to American Dragon Daniel Bryan in both presentation and ring style, against Adam Cole, who's up there willing to sell his ass off for that Daniel Bryan. Mm. And they've booked a match where you're not going to have finisher spam and everyone kicking out of everyone's finisher. Uh, Adam Cole went out there and took some serious punishment from Daniel Bryan. Daniel, I mean, I love the way they built this match where he, like, Daniel was in, he was the guy who was running this match for most of it. Beating down Adam Cole. Adam Cole kept, like, getting a couple really strong shots in there just to, just to get his back. And then at the end, Daniel Bryan could not tap him out. Cole slips away, gives him a Panama sunrise, and the, fi- and the last shot, one, two, three. I
0: knew both of those were coming,
1: and the whole time I was
0: going... Oh, and not Daniel he, Bryan on his neck. Not
1: Daniel Bryan on his neck. <laughs> Bryan went for a diving headbutt, too. Like, oh God. Oh. Uh, they let Daniel go out, go out and work for this match. Showed again why he's one of the greatest. And Adam Cole. I mean, think about this, dude. They had an hour to put this match together. Unless they were on the phone with each other on the plane. They had an hour to put this match together. And that and then most of it probably was just them figuring it out in the ring. It's probably why Daniel Bryan was leading most of it. But I loved I like the, for people who hadn't seen it before, that combination, the Panama sunrise and the last shot, like back to back, looked like, looked devastating. Mm. It looked like, holy shit, what was that? What was that? It just ended Daniel Bryan. It worked. That crowd was molten, molten for this, as they should have been. As was the, the greatest SmackDown match of the year. I Find me a better – someone, anyone in our, in our discussion group, find me a better SmackDown match this year than this match. I can't. Please. I can't. And, and then afterwards, Triple H comes out to the ring. All the NXT people that are there for both 205 Live and for SmackDown, they all come to the ring. And Triple H does uh, – it took me – I was like wondering why that speech sounded familiar, Nick. When he introduced X-Pac to DX back in the day, he had a very similar speech. Where he said, "If you want to start a war, you go to your blood. You go to your family." And he called out, and then he says, "You go to the click." Back in the day, here he goes. You call out. This is my family.
0: And he walked over and two sweeted Sean Michaels, who was sitting up on the turnbuckle back there. Did you yep. see that? Did you catch that? Yeah,
1: of course, yeah. of course. Uh, so yeah, so he puts over his he puts over his brand. He puts over his people. Everyone on his brand looks amazing, and they needed to. Here's the thing. WWE's back was against the wall on this show, and they ended up making a show that made the most sense, that was the most entertaining show they've put on in a long time for SmackDown. Um, what, to what do you attribute the success here? Is it the fact that Vince's, Vince, Vince's hand was forced? He was forced to listen to other ideas? Um, because at the end of the day, it was still Vince's show. He was there. But obviously, Triple H had a bunch of fingers in the pie here like what 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 to what made this work I
0: feel like this might not have been as so out of the blue as everybody is making it out to be I have a gut hunch that much like we do leading up to Survivor Series every single year where we have Raw superstars in, invading SmackDown and SmackDown superstars invading Raw and causing a ruckus sure. I think w- the the whole plan this year with the introduction of NXT into the mix was to have NXT come on to either SmackDown or Raw or both and cause a ruckus, kind of how they did for this show. I, I, I don't know how much of this was an audible versus how much of this was kind of pseudo planned as a lead up to Survivor Series. So I, I, I'm not 100% sure to answer your question there of like how much of this was a, you know was Vince calling an audible, so to speak, or letting other people influence it. This might have been sure. part of the plan the whole time, guys.
1: And I mean, you know, if I were to wildly speculate, uh, I would say that, yeah, you I mean, it would make logical sense to have NXT invade, especially given the fact that you're doing a three like they, they they knew they were doing a three-way survivor series yeah. before this happened. Sure. It would be logical to have NXT invade. Did they do it before they were originally planning to do it? Did they do it in a different way than they were planning to do it? It seems strange because it's they have they sometimes have a hard time letting the quote unquote lesser talent go over the bigger talent, but you had Ciampa beating Miz, you had Adam Cole beating Daniel Bryan, you know, like, this was, which was the right decision, those were the right decisions to make, yep. right, you had you had Sami Zayn get, get punked out by Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, you had a couple of your, le- like, everyone who, who got beaten was someone who could be beaten, but it still made the NXT stars look like a big deal.
0: Which they it was the to right do. decision the across right thing the board. To do. agree with you completely. it was the right thing to do
1: to cross the board and yet they still protected the majority of their roster not intentionally they were stuck in a plane but they still like they were able this is how it should have been booked and it was uh, it was you know reminds me this time last year we had Becky with her with her nose bloodied by Nia Jax standing at the top of the arena with her fists in the air you know what I mean which was another unintentional yet brilliant thing the year before that, uh, we had a whole bunch of people with the mumps. And you had Finn Balor versus AJ Styles out of nowhere, which was a great idea. Wasn't that, what, what that
0: the one where AJ had to fly back from South America and save it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you, you had Kurt Angle joining the Shield. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Stuff like that, which was some of the best stuff of the year, and it's because their backs were against the wall. So I mm. <laughs> really want their backs against the wall more often, and this is what we get. Um, one last thing before we get out of it. I can't get out of this without talking about the fact that Stephanie McMahon came out before the Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole match because we couldn't go one goddamn show. And forgive my epithet here. Cover your kids' ears. We couldn't go one goddamn show without her sucking her own dick about the woman's evolution uh, and how wonderful it was, how great they are, that they had a woman's match in Saudi Arabia. And of course, no one else could talk about this except for Stephanie McMahon because she's got to get herself over on this. She's the chief brand officer. So when she goes to those international meetings with with all of their corporate sponsors, she can go, "Look how good I am." Oh, I just uh oh, I'm sorry, Nick. That's but it bugged the hell out of me. And anytime anytime like the WWE, they have this pattern of patting themselves in the back so hard that I feel I worry they're going to break their own spine. And this is another example of just this self-aggrandizement that just it's, – it's vile. Yep. It's vile to me. And I, I, have I told you how Stephanie, like, she works me? Where, like, I don't want to be worked – I think, like, she's trying to get heel heat. I
0: mean, I never, I never would have guessed that having done this show with you for almost three years now.
1: I know. I know. I, I don't think I've ever brought it <laughs> That's up That's news to me. <laughs> the fact that this one person who works me on their heel heat. It's Stephanie. Where I'm actually like, no, I just don't like you. Yeah. Go away! I I can't. You're probably a genuinely wonderful person in real life. You're a great mother, and from all things I hear, you're a good person. But screw you! Wow!
0: <laughs> like, <hate> all right. <laughs> it.
1: This is oh my! God. This Here's is the, the one spin thing I'll put on SmackDown that made me nuts.
0: I've worked for a lot of big tech companies. The chief marketing officer, and we don't have chief brand officers. That's not a real thing, but chief marketing officers. Uh, will do everything they can to do they never put themselves out in the spotlight they right. they they either have certain people that are good spokespersons because they represent something or they but it's never them you know they might speak on a panel or something along those lines for other cmos or aspiring cmos but there's never a they they don't come out and pat themselves on
1: the back right you know how you do this you make a video package highlighting it yeah why Stephanie does not have to come out and be like, we're doing a women's evolution. Look at me. I'm a woman and I'm in charge and it's my evolution. I'm causing all of this. And of course she's patronizing the fans by being like, this is because of you guys. You guys said hashtag give divas a chance. It's because of you. And I'm so magnanimous. I allowed it to happen. Yes. Aren't we wonderful? We're so fantastic.
0: Wait, so Stephanie's now responsible for the women's evolution revolution.
1: She has been since the beginning. There's a reason that she has been part of every major segment to do with the woman's evolution since the start. They couldn't do a goddamn thing without Stephanie being there to get her face plastered all over it. Oh yeah, I know. You're 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 fishing, you're hooking me in. You're you're sending me off on an Alvarez. Like it's it's working. Makes me insane. Let's go, Simon. We got a show to do. Seriously, Christ. <laughs> Surrey and Dangerous shoots hard on Stephanie McMahon. There you go. Wait a that's minute. a that clip sounds, going up for sure. That's 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 That sounds wrong. Yeah, that sounds like a porn hub. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, Speaking of porn so hub. <laughs> oh, God. This is turning into a whole different show. We got to move on, Nick. That was a very entertaining smackdown to follow up uh, Crown Jewel, which also overperformed despite the controversy. But that wasn't all that happened this week, Nick. We had a whole Wednesday full of wrestling. And to start on Wednesday, let's talk about NXT.
0: Well, kicking things off on NXT, we had the Kabuki Warriors show up. And they showed up after yelling in Japanese at everybody last week on the Tron, showed up to defend on NXT their WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, facing off against Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. But that's not really the story of what happened here. Uh, Ian, do you want to break this down?
1: I I thought we were just going to have a good match, which we did. It was a fun match. It was fine. Um, I think that they're, again... We had Oscar misting Dakota Kai here for the uh, cheaty victory. I worry that they're getting a little bit too much mist now. I love me some mist. Don't get me wrong. For me, right now, it's for t-
0: just the right amount. It's not too little. It's not too much. Every match.
1: <laughs> I mean, all right. It's 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 novel, but at some point, you know, back off on it a little bit, guys. But uh, I, I yeah, I love missed Oscar. Don't get me wrong. I love evil Oscar. Give me all of that.
0: Give cool. me OG Hojo and Evil Kana. Yes. And they got new outfits. They're all in black. She's
1: getting close they got to the Evil paint. Kana with the, with the face paint. She's getting close. And she she actually wore uh, her. So when she was Evil Kana back in the day, she wore that outfit to the ring uh, last week. So definitely getting, getting the feels there. But yeah, this was an entertaining match. Ends with The Mist. Uh, and then Oscar and Kai leave with their titles still intact. And then the four horsemen come out to beat up Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Cool. And this brings out this brings out the whole woman's locker room. It empties. You've got everybody is out there. Shayna Baszler's out there. Rhea Ripley's out there. Bianca Belair is out there. Io Shirai is out there. They're all beating the crap out of each other. And then Nick, it's it's becoming like my second Christmas. On an NXT episode. When Regal where Regal comes huge, out to the crow's nest. Uh, somewhere, somewhere around October, end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, the crow's nest at the top of the stage. There's a huge brawl going on. Regal just goes, Regal, hey! <laughs> Regal comes out. His eyes are smoking. There's, there's fire coming out of his collar. And he gets up on stage and goes, there's only one way we can solve this. War games! <laughs> War games! Yep. Every time. Every time it gets me, man. It's it's my second Christmas. I'm tingling
0: again, as I did. <laughs> like, literally, just hearing you say, War Games!
1: and just, oh! You want to talk. And you know what? You know who... Uh, that's there. That's a woman's evolution. That's a woman's first. First ever women's war games. All women's war games. Ah! And with this lineup, are you kidding me? Yes. We speculated that this might be something that they would do. And... And honestly, like we said, like they've got the they've got the the women's division. They have the best. I'm gonna say it right now. NXT has the best women's division of any brand.
0: Agreed. 100% without
1: a doubt, agreed. Just AEW lights no. out. Like they're 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 far and away head and Especially shoulders. Especially if you if include you took,
0: NXT UK with what's going on over there too. So th-
1: if you yeah, if you took Every woman on the main roster and had them on one roster. That might that'd probably be better than NXT. But the, but a split, nope. NXT beats them all. Yep. Uh, the, the fact they're able to do a war games match and I could not find a hole in their game. Are are Shafir and Duke still a little bit green? Yes. And you can protect them in a war games match. Yes, you can. The,
0: awesome. Kota Kai and Tegan Knox still have some rust. They're trying their best to knock it off. Uh, give They'll by the time too. they get to the end of the month here, they're going to be fine. So yeah. yeah. Oh god. Oh, we need to do one more thing. I don't know what's going on with metal shirts lately, but Shana's shirt watch. Oh,
1: Shana's shirt watch this week. Lamb of oh. God. Chris Adler, yes. the drummer for Lamb of
0: God, is one of my biggest inspirations. As you're never a former drummer, you're always a drummer. Uh, so I, I, yeah. I used to play drums back in the '90s, but Chris Adler was one of. One of those guys that just always I him and Joey Jordanson for Slipknot. Lamb of God is one of my favorite metal bands, full show.
1: Sure. Yep, absolutely, I have I have actually played a CD of theirs until it broke. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, so do we have? It looks like the faces in the match: Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Candice Lerae, Rhea Ripley, the Heels: Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Marina Shavir, Jessamyn, Duke. Mm, they're one short on the facey I- side. Am I counting wrong, or are we short a face? Hmm. Who's the, who is the final face here? Who could come here? over
0: and fill that final face spot, I wonder? Who is one of Nick's favorites? <laughs> oh, God. Female Hashtag superstars.
1: Yeah. Hashtag Nick booking. Here we go. Uh, who doesn't have possible. a championship also, in NXT UK anymore? Hmm.
0: I'm going to stroke my beard.
1: Hmm. Nick, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the show right now, uh, pray. Pray for us all that Tony Storm does not become a part of this match because if she does, there will be an explosion hey in now. North Carolina that will, will rival Krakatoa.
0: Hashtag phrasing.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> there will be a spooky ghost that goes through Nick's house. Dude. It was a spooky ghost. It was just a spooky ghost. We're going to have to start doing said, this after
0: do? 10 p.m. So it's TV 14 if we keep you this up. You didn't see
1: the ghost? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <so laughs> well, if that happens, we certainly will. So very exciting. Women's War Games. I love it. Can't wait to see that happen as that as we get closer. It's coming up quick. Two weeks. We're going to be getting it. Cool. Uh, we also, the main event of NXT, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle reformed the Limitless Bros from the indie circuit and faced off against the Undisputed Era in a tag match, which was amazing. It was, uh, it was just Matt Riddle kneeing the heads off of dudes and Keith Lee throwing people around and, and, uh, fish and O'Reilly trying to survive and also kneeing the crap out of people. It was a uh, beautiful chaos.
0: Is Jack hurt again? Did I no?
1: Okay. Would you, would you keep it in your pants? Nick, oh, I'm sorry. To I'm sorry. Because after the match, uh, undisputed era squeaks out a win, pinning riddle. Keith Lee did not get pinned. Nice. Uh, they pin Riddle, and then everyone comes out. All the whole all about era comes out, starts to beat down Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Who should come for the save? But Tommaso Ciampa? What? 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Ciampa comes out for the save and he says, it looks at looks at the, the title, NXT title, and goes, You gotta wait, Goldie. Daddy's going to war. Mm. Daddy's here. Oh. That's right. So, all right. We're having... it, so, And now we're, and we are announced we're going to have a Man's War Games, too. So, so far, we've got Undisputed Era, which was four people. And on the face side, again, we're short one. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa. Who's the fourth? Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano's in a feud with Finn Balor. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. Unless... Baller and Gargano get added to this, but then it's still even. And we're short of face.
0: I thought it was interesting the- that uh, look, it le- it felt like we were going down a path of uh, sure they fought for a while, but DiJack and Keith Lee coming in as a tag team. Uh, they,
1: it, they on Twitter. They said it on Twitter. They said they said to each other like Keith Lee said, "Let's go after undisputed era," and DiJack said, "I'm in."
0: So now that with this week, we had Keith Lee and Matt Riddle reforming the Limitless Bros, and I'm going. But yep. yeah, but with uh, with uh, DiJack. I don't. Yeah. I think DiJack's probably going to be the one here.
1: I am ninety five percent sure it's DiJack. Yeah. Is this is this final person yeah. here? Yeah. Unless Dream gets gets better, like everyone's saying, Dream. I'm like he's still injured. Unless he gets better real quick, it's going to be DiJack. And maybe that's why they haven't announced it because they're waiting to see if Dream is better in time. But it should be DiJack to have the Keith Lee DiJack feud end with them tied in this. They they no, neither one of them got the the upper hand, and then they team up. Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great way to finish that and let them both move to something else. Yeah. Right? Totally. So it should be jack. Maybe it's, a, again, we talked about NXT, you know, doling out the storyline as it's necessary. They've got a couple weeks. That could be something that they add next week is Jack and Keith Lee getting on the same page mm. as far as storyline. <laughs> so, mwah! Loving it. Um, it is weird that means we're going to have a, a pay-per-view with no title matches because that's all of the championships right there in War Games matches. So uh, we I would be okay I,
0: with an hour and a half of nothing but ta- but uh, war games matches. Frankly, just don't, no other matches. Maybe a warm up match for the pre show. No other matches. Just give me two hour long war games matches, and I will sit there eating <laughs> my popcorn like Biggie, bouncing around, just going yes. But yeah. uh, I can't wait to see Keith Lee do a moonsault off the top of the cage onto six other people. Oh, That's just absurd. It's just going to be crazy. Did you
1: see? Did you see his tweet where someone said he should bring back the 450? Oh. And he said, I haven't, "I haven't done it since 2006, oh. but it might be the right time if I get in the if I get in the War Games match." No, Keith. Four, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Lee is able to do a 450.
0: He's 390 pounds,
1: I think. 360, 390, somewhere around 370, there. 370, something. Like that. Yeah. He's, he's a big, boy. <laughs> he's he's a big, big boy. boy. He's a big boy. He's uh, a big boy. So yeah, I mentioned that Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano are in a feud. Finn Balor came out and had one of the best promos he's had in WWE this week where he basically said, that's right, I'm Finn Balor. I'm here because they made me put over a masked guy on the main roster who's the new flavor of the month, so I came here to be myself because I don't watch wrestling. Wrestling watches me. Uh, And, uh, yeah, and that's why I'm here to, you know, last week I put Johnny Guggan on the hospital. And Johnny, if you come back out of the hospital, I'll put you right back in and make you Johnny watches wrestling, not Johnny that Johnny wrestling. And he walks away, still throwing the double pistols. The prince is back. The mm. prince is back. Oh my goodness! Is indeed. Whew. Did you like? Did you like his explanation here for why he went heel? Basically, he just screw everybody. <laughs> What's his explanation? Sure,
0: um, but it does much like I made the argument for Bailey a few weeks ago. It does kind of bury all the goodwill stuff they were doing with Baller Club for Everyone, uh, things like that. So I'm, again, I think it's good that they Look, I've been saying for a long time that he didn't. I would say uh, the Cruiserweight division or 205 Live, but it's going to be better with him down here, uh, especially with the the Prince back dynamic, the real rock and roller, the guns are out. Everything's good. Uh, I thought this was a good first promo sort of explanation. Keep cutting them. Keep doing it. Keep talking. Yep. I like listening to Finn Balor uh, promo. So I- Yeah,
1: it's funny. We had two promos, one on AEW, one on NXT. Both guys feeling like they were minorly scripted, but still the best promos these guys have cut in a while. Yeah, And that was Moxley Moxley and Balor. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. I thought this was a good step in the right direction. I'm not worried about him losing Balor Club for, every, for everyone because they have enough people on the main roster who are faces who are doing that kind of work. If you have someone in a position like John Cena, Roman Reigns, you can't turn them heel because they've got so many people that they work with. Finn Balor, you, I think you can afford to cut that loose, and you can be replaced by something else. So, yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him. I think it's an interesting first feud because I mean he's got to win his first feud, right? Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. So and 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 I think that Gargano's a guy who can you know historically lose a match and it's not a big deal. That's kind of what he's done a lot in NXT is lose like most of his big matches. So uh, we had a couple other things, Cameron Grimes versus uh, uh, Tyler Bate. Surprisingly, Cameron Grimes won. Of course, it was with some interference from, from uh, Killian Dane. But, yeah, dude, this Cameron Grimes pushes for real. It,
0: well, I mean, Killian didn't really – we say interference, but it was a, a, more of a distraction than anything. He just uh, manifested and poof, poof, appeared out of nowhere. Oh, God, it's Killian. Well, he's not really doing anything. He's just standing there, him. menacing them, and <laughs> distracts him. And great, Cameron Grimes. That's
1: kind of what I'm saying. But that, but that, that's still that's a win for that's a win for Grimes. And well, as I you mean, said, when it someone even, that uh,
0: hairy walks up to the ring, you can't not look at them. You know, I mean, look at me. You're one to
1: ta- you're one to talk right. today. Yeah, yeah, Look at you. So anyway, it- <laughs> like a freaking Yeti sitting in front of a microphone there.
0: Yeah, the the okay, okay. The Trevor Lee push is real, guys. Um, this is um. I mean, we've been talking about the whole. We talked about Miles Jordan Miles earlier this week, but look, they're they're really high on Cameron Grimes. I, he was my pick to win the breakout tournament thing. Um, I actually thought he was going to go all the way, and it turns out they're using him the most out of anybody else. From the, he's had a match every week since that tournament.
1: So, Why are you gonna bring up Jordan Miles?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not bringing that stuff up. I'm just saying
1: you just did the fact that You're he like, won the jo- tournament, not all what's the going Jordan on. Miles we, stuff we covered and all that endlessly. The cameraman the one getting the push, and the camera guys the one getting the push. The first thing I thought was, well, he's a good old Southern boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's a good wrestler. Oh no. Don't make, he is a good rip. So Jordan Miles. Don't make me think about that. Right. Don't make me think about that. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky yeah. Bobby. <laughs> uh, so Okay, so it looks like we're heading towards a feud between Tyler Bate and Killian Dane.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Big strong boy. Awesome. Got to bring it.
1: <laughs> Love it. Uh, curious where they go with Cameron Grimes after this. Apparently, he's just going around beating people, so loving that. Uh, the show started with a, with a mini concert from uh, Poppy. She was playing some music at the top of the ramp with her... Uh, with everyone else in the band dressed in poppy masks, I guess. Blonde chick masks. Okay. Very strange. As someone who's in a masked band, though, I approve, so, okay. And uh, then uh, they do the first song. It was fun. They do the second song, and as they're starting the second song, it's Io Shirai's entrance music. And Io, Shir- Io Shirai comes out and gets walked to the ring by, by a poppy. That was a, great, that was a great start to the show. That was really exciting.
0: That wasn't the Love only that. musical act we had either. This week, uh, we didn't talk about it during during their match, but we had a video package promo of Asuka and Kyrie saying the Kabuki Warriors to Baby yes. Metal song Karate, which I think is one of the oh. dopest guitar oh. riffs ever uh, at the beginning of that song. Uh, and I just I kind of geeked the hell out because I love that song. Yes. I love Baby Metal. I love Oscar. Just mm,
1: what make Baby Metal their entrance music? Like stop with the whole going back and forth between Oscar's theme and Kyrie's theme. Just yeah. stop. That can be their solo themes. When they're together as the Kabuki Warriors, baby metal.
0: Yes, totally.
1: Period. Hard stop. Pay
0: the, pay the royalty.
1: Pay the licensing fee. Do it. <laughs> pay, pay these women their money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, some good musical stuff on the show as you said, but Io Shirai had a match with Candice LeRae. Last time they had a match, it was the best match on the pay-per-view. This time, eh, it was alright.
0: It was alright. But <laughs> Candice took a Big old hit, and got popped in the nose. I hope her nose isn't broken. But we had a little color uh, in this match as well. I mean, just these girls, this match was stiff AF. They were hitting the shit yep. out of each other. They were taking really hard bumps. I love watching these two wrestle. And yeah, like you said, they, they almost stole the entire pay-per-view um, out from under everybody else the last time they had this. So uh, keep going. Just keep doing it. Uh, yep. <laughs> I don't know that oh, they I'm were not ever going to top that previous match, anyway.
1: I'm but. not worried about Candace's toughness, man. I've seen her get super kicked in the face with a with a boot with nails coming out of it, and get a complete crimson mask. Uh, in a in a intergender match, her and, and Joey Ryan, the Young Bucks. So Jesus, that was that was she's a she's a tough chick. So uh, yeah, and that, that's again that led up to the uh, the the war, women's war games match. So good stuff, and finally uh, Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. Yeah, it's the down-under match right here. Uh, this was entertaining. Bronson Reed goes over Shane Thorne. I was surprised about that. I thought Shane was going to get a push. Are we worried about Shane Thorne here?
0: Uh, or is a this just like little, flavor of the month thing? A little, but I I don't since they broke up TM61, I don't really feel like he's had a place. Uh, he did yeah, get injured, injured again as of... well, and it's just it's just been this cycle of him trying to come back, but they keep using him to put over the new talent uh, or in these kind of sideshow promos that he's been doing or interruptions. So I'm not really sure. Um, I trust in NXT. You know, in Hunter we trust, but we'll see what (laughs) in Trips we trust, I guess is the right way to say that. Oh, Jesus. So let's see what happens with it. I love the fact that uh, Cameron Grimes, Isaiah Scott, Bronson Reed, hell, even Boa to an extent – are getting all kinds of shine off the back of that breakout stars tournament, and we're seeing them
1: squashed. But yes, I know what you're saying. We're
0: we're, we're seeing them on TV is the point. So yeah. there's a lot of people sitting in that locker room back there that aren't getting on TV every week, whether they're winning or losing. So yeah, we're
1: gonna talk about it on our Tuesday show. But uh, Swerve Scott and Leo Rush had a baller match on 205 Live this week. Mm. So we'll talk. We don't have time for that now. However, we gotta talk about some other stuff. Uh, we're getting Pete Dunn versus uh, versus Damian Priest Part 2 next week. Oh, Looking yeah. forward to that. A little more build to war games. Absolutely give me mm. that. But right now, Nick, we need to go over and talk about AEW. <laughs> deep breaths. Deep oh, breaths, yeah. buddy.
0: So much wrestling this week.
1: <laughs> I know. Here we are, an hour and a half into the show, and we're just now... Getting to AEW, which also had a good show this week, I would argue that it was their it was it was their least good show they've had so far. It was still a really good show, but it was still awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was still entertaining from top to bottom. Uh, started off Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, it looks like we're just going to start getting different iterations of the Inner Circle versus the Elite. All right, fine. This sure. was an entertaining match. Um, when do you think that that is going to get old. Like when, like you can only have so many times that stables, stable mates, you know, people from the stables face off against each other in different iterations before you start being like, all right, I've seen it. Mm. Like how, how long, how, how long do they have on this? Do you think
0: they could run this for a few months for sure? If you know, there could all, this could look, this is one of the first big like faction based feuds. Like I don't really feel like there's an inner circle versus the elite. Uh, I feel like it's inner, I feel like it's inner circle versus Cody, but I, I I don't feel like it's like they're they need to build this a little bit more around the Bucks Kenny and include MJF Cody the Dustin the others that are making that the elite to me is Kenny and the Young Bucks.
1: Well, luckily, there's not. It, it isn't just Elite versus the Inner Circle. There's a lot of other things going on. They're keeping lots of levels to every character where everyone's got a, a couple of feuds going on at once. And
0: I kind of like that. It gives flexibility, um, uh, and it allows for things like run-ins and interferences and all kinds of stuff like that. So I like the dynamic of everything that they've got going on circling both of these groups right now. And just the faces and the heels in general, going on in AEW right now. I, I'm, I'm not mad at any of it. They, this has a lot of legs. They could go for a long time with
1: this. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and hopefully they will. Uh, this was I thought this was a very entertaining match. Hangman Page picks up the win, calls out Pac, says, hey, we're not done, boy. I'm coming for you. Uh, looking forward to that. So Whew. Then next we had uh, Hikaru Shida and Shauna. Shauna debuting. She's uh, Portuguese and lives in France. That's pretty much all I took away from this. I've never what? heard of her before. No, me never either. heard of her. Um, but apparently, she's been doing this for a while. She did some good work in this match. I thought Sheeta did too. I don't. I don't know. Um, how did you feel about the presentation of these women? Like, I think Sheeta got a good look and presentation, but I don't know. Sometimes the ring work just isn't quite there for me. I think they're maybe trying I'm, maybe to I'm find
0: their women's division right now,
1: because uh, okay. short
0: of Britt Baker and um, Awesome Kong. And uh, Kyle, Nyla Rose, there's there's a few that have been floating, but we were initially told that Allie was going to be big, that Kylie Ray was going to be big. and they, Britt Baker. Uh, right. Yeah. And basically what we've got now is Riho, Nyla Rose, and Brett Baker. So I like the idea of bringing out uh, some additional women. Let's see how they perform. Let's give them exhibition matches. Let's put all this, you know, let's try and continue to build this out. And that's what I felt like this was. I love the worldwide exposure. Uh, I love the fact that there's a global feel. Uh, it's not just uh, people confined to the United States. So this gave a new dynamic to the women's division for me. I really enjoyed seeing both of these ladies perform.
1: Yeah. No, and, and they gave them 12 minutes to work. So yeah, loved that. Uh, she did pick up the win here with a Shining Wizard, I believe it was. And uh, so she's yeah now she's got another win in her column. Shanna did, by the way, I found out afterwards, get uh, signed by AEW for three years. So you will nice. be seeing more, more of her... Probably in a Natalia-style position, I would imagine. You know what I mean? A a veteran workhorse putting over the younger talent. Right. That's my guess. Just my guess. Uh, You mentioned the Women's Division. We saw a little uh, interlude clip where Brandy was having a glamour shot, glamour photo shoot where she was being all uh, emotional and using voodoo to summon uh, awesome Kong. I don't really know what the hell was going on here. Uh, (laughs) Are we seeing our first supernatural gimmick in AEW, or is this just brandy being brandy
0: i i have no idea what the hell was, was going on during
1: this it was a lot yeah. of quick
0: cutaways and snappy edits and i just i kind of uh, okay
1: I, I don't know i'm what not gonna lie i i had a little bit of an uh-oh <laughs> oh no don't let brandy do this kind of crap on the regular like if you want to go all in and have have awesome kong be a voodoo monster that brandy summons like you better go lucha underground with this like go all in go crazy go go uh go Su young with this yeah you know what I mean? Don't don't half-ass it. No, <laughs> like, but I, I, don't I don't know, know what to definitely...
0: make of it. Uh, in you're you're in the the turmoil of not really having that good of, or that broad of a, a deep of a women's division, and this is what you're gonna do. We've already seen Awesome Kong. You didn't summon her before.
1: Maybe they did, and we just didn't see her summon her. I don't know. Sure, I do like I what
0: Brandy did last week, where she showed she got she showed some her anger, right? She showed her temper uh, with the backstage reporter. And all the stuff that went on with Brandy last week. This was a little bit weird to me, and I just don't understand what... You said it's using voodoo and supernatural and all that. I didn't take that away that that's what this was. But we'll see. I don't know. (laughs) It seemed
1: weird. It seemed weird. Uh, What was not weird was the Rock and Roll Express showing up at the top of the ramp to introduce the tag team titles which would be won later than the evening by either SCU or the Lucha Brothers as they had the finals of the tag team tournament series. Before they could really get going, they, they came out there, popped the crowd a little bit, said hello to everybody. Before they could really get going, they got jumped by LAX and 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 beat the hell up.
0: Like prison style. They, they were beating him with socks. That's a stuffed that's a sock.
1: They put Ricky Morton through the stage. Oh, God. They power slammed him through the stage. Rick and Morty. Oh, you said Ricky Morton. Ricky, Ricky Morton. Oh, God. I, didn't, I just realized that. We did have some Rick and Morty, but Ricky Morton was put through the stage. Uh, just, to be, just, to be clear, just to clarify, you know who the Rock and Roll Express are, right, Nick? You know hey, Ricky Morton? I, I, and, I do and know. Robert Gibson? Yeah, Robert Gibson. Oh, okay.
0: yep. I, I'm, I'm aware right, just
1: of that. Yep. Is this how they sh- you should be using the legends, the old timers? Like, have them out there, pop the crowd, and then have the new guys get over on them?
0: Yeah, sure. But I, What I don't know, like, is the proud and powerful... <laughs> like, you, you couldn't I, I, just call them what they used to be called?
1: No, you can't call them LAX, because Conan Conan owns the LAX name.
0: Yeah, but right him a so check. So they can't call them LAX. You know? <laughs> can't
1: call them, they can't call them LAX. I, I agree. I don't know if Proud and Powerful, that's not... Uh, eh, that's not,
0: a, that's not uh, working for me with those two guys.
1: <laughs> it's... Look, I have no problem with the term Proud and Powerful, all right? That's It's actually a great... Uh, uh, A duo of drag queens we have singing at my bar every Tuesday, (laughs) but it doesn't quite work as well for a couple of badass wrestlers. A couple of Puerto Rican inmates, you know. I, (laughs) if that's what their gimmick is, sure, right? Like, doesn't 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 read quite as well. But that's what what I read when I see that is West Hollywood. It does not. I don't read, as you said, Santa Monica Boulevard on
0: Halloween. Right. That's what you're thinking. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm I'm not seeing Boyle (laughs) Heights here. So yeah, we'll we'll see if if that sticks around. That's that's down there with um, what was it? Uh, the submission sorority. It's down there with that. Oh, I, that 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 new name is not. Eek, that's Viking Raiders territory. Viking, ex- Viking Viking experience, experience territory. That's my oof, not good. Uh, you mentioned Rick and Morty. I told you all last week there's gonna be a Rick and Morty invasion this week, and sure enough, we went out had a full on Halloween match. you had the best friends coming out dressed as Rick and Morty and even Orange Cassidy was dressed up as orange rickety I guess you could call him uh, they came out had a match against Alex let's see Alex Reynolds John Silver and QT Marshall a bunch of enhancement talent uh, this was basically just a comedy match fun stuff fine it, um, it,
0: did, it did what it did what it said it was on what it wasn't on the 10 so I, I have no problem with this
1: I mean we, we sometimes cr- criticize when WWE does these uh, comedy matches you know, like a,
0: yeah, but WWE overdoes it, it. it. You know, th- this is fine. It was Halloween. You know, have some fun. This is
1: this was pretty overdone. I mean, you have Orange Cassidy doing Orange Cassidy things while dressed as Rick from Rick and Morty. I loved
0: the commentary reacting when Orange Cassidy would do his kicks on it. They were reacting like the, he had just like murdered him with a little, well, with a little tap and just it, that stuff to, to st- me makes me laugh. And it's a, that's how you have so it's yeah. it's, a, it's a fun break in the middle of a show that was you know pretty heavy. It uh, had a lot going on. Sure. Throughout the rest of the show, so I, I was Fair fine enough. with this.
1: Well, and also I like the uh, I like the fact that the commentary was selling it as kind of under like they they were selling it like all right these guys are out here having some fun like this is not a serious match they they were very tongue in cheek about the whole thing as well and that helped sell it where you felt like even the commentary was in on the joke yeah, right and they weren't try they weren't going completely straight on it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. WWE comedy matches they go oh my god he got they put a pumpkin. He got smashed. A pumpkin got smashed in his head. He might be dead. We're like, oh, my. It's a pumpkin. Shut up. <laughs> we know. It's a, it's a goof. It's all a goof. And they even said, oh, it's, oh well, come on. It's corporate synergy. Right? Funny. Good stuff. I actually I, I gave it a pass just on that line alone. Yeah. Calling it corporate synergy. Yeah. Um, so as you said, there was some heavy stuff, too. We had Cody showing up at the airport, getting off the airplane, being met by Tony Schiavone, and then we have a, a long limo ride to the arena, a la Ric Flair and Gene Oakland. Starcade 93, 93, I believe it was. Um, Ric uh, Flair was coming to the to the arena for Starcade. They had a uh, right. interview with him, like, and it was almost the exact same thing. They like they just like switched sides. Um, very nice interview. Very very muted. Not wrestly at all. It felt like two guys actually having a conversation.
0: It was like, yeah, it was like uh, they were talking about memories, you know, callbacks to Dusty, to his to Cody's sure. father, and times that uh, Tony got to spend with him, that Cody got to spend with him, uh, things that they went through together, all of that stuff. I, I really, I enjoyed the, I didn't know when the show, this is what opened the show on Wednesday. And this is one of those things that I didn't understand what was happening until about 10 minutes into it. And they the way that they bounced this around throughout the show uh, the, they were doing the drive, and then they went back to the arena, had some matches, and then they had Jericho come out to the table with a an actual attorney, not just a commentator, uh, to oversee the contract yes. signing uh, between Cody. The way that they weaved this together throughout the show was top notch. I love this. Well, kind I liked. Of stuff.
1: They even had a mention in the car, uh, talking about how they were going to like hey, the plan is we're going to have Jericho, or I guess it was by the plane side, whatever, during the segments uh, where they talked about having Jericho come out for the contract signing first because the star comes out second. You make the other guy wait, and then they do it, and you could see Jericho just kind of steaming on the other side of the table by being forced to wait while Cody comes out and gets this big entrance after him, and Jericho's the champ. So you like the mind games there without Having the commentary screaming at you about what's happening, you know that 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 was I thought really good storytelling. Yeah, it was. And the fact that you know they even they called out uh, the tropes of the segment too, where you know they Jericho, uh, Cody signs it, and Jericho says, "Okay, Cody, what are we gonna do? We're we gonna power bomb each other through these tables. We're we gonna fight each other. You know what? And uh, ultimately, it's revealed." That while Jericho and Cody are there and Cody's playing mind games with, games with Jericho, Jericho's actually playing 3D chess with Cody, and Dustin, Cody's brother, is getting the crap beat of out, out of him out in the parking lot by Mr. by one Mr. Jake Hager, who puts Dustin's head through the back of a car. He bounces, he beans his head off of the, the, the boot of a car, leaves a huge dent. I don't know how they gimmicked the car to do that, or that couldn't have been legit. It's just There's no fi- way.
0: He probably hit fisted it when he came
1: down. I don't know what, dude. You know how hard it is to dent a car like that?
0: Yeah, it's not that hard.
1: They they, get, they get, It's just okay. sheet metal. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a human head. Wow. Anyway, they gimmicked it. It looked great, and then they slammed his uh, arm in the door, the car door. They're uh, kayfabing it that he's got a broke. He's got a radial fracture in his wrist now. And as Cody goes out to help his brother, they all the inner circle laugh jericho lights up a cigar and they get in their their truck and really drive away brilliant great stuff great stuff um so they're it's now official we're having jericho and cody at full gear uh what's up with the time limit and the fact that it goes to time limit there are three judges what's up with that do you think that this is um is that like more the trappings of the sports-centric approach where they're just preparing for all outcomes and they're going to have uh, some sportsy stuff, or is this going to actually play into the finish and they're just giving us too much of a tell?
0: I think it's um, a little bit reactionary to maybe some of the backlash from the, um, I almost said Dean Ambrose, John Moxley and Pac finish uh, from last week. So, or what
1: about the, was a reactionary to the Hell in a Cell finish? Sure,
0: sure. Or, 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 or fans disdain for that kind of non-finish in general. Um, it's a big thing in Japan. It's not so big over here. So I'm I'm wondering if it has if this is a way for them to actually have a finish, even though it goes to a time limit draw. And how do they game the votes? And how do they game the judges? Is uh, is it, it going to come out that one of the judges is in right. Jericho's pocket? Who or, are
1: the judges? Yeah, right. who, who are, are these the judges, judges going
0: to be? Gonna be right? oh, so it, it adds right. a different dynamic to it. And let's experiment. Let's have some fun. Let's do some different shit sure. that nobody's done so, before.
1: Absolutely, and and to me, I think the best outcome would be if the judges are like they don't go to the time limit. The judges aren't involved in the decision of the match. But um, what you do have is, you know, there's some storyline with the judges. You you don't you don't want them to go to the decision because you know they're in Jericho's pocket or something like that, right? So they don't have to go the whole sixty minutes, but it creates an extra level of tension and it adds that little sports centric. um, What do you want to call it? Window dressing to the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's I, I I think that it could work out. I think if they do end up going to the limit and the judges are involved, I think that it's it's too obvious to have already put this into place. And I hope they don't do that. So we will see what they end up doing. Uh, we also had the elite versus the hybrid two with Kip Sabian. So that's the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus uh, Jack Evans and Helico and Kip Sabian. Fun match. Typical, you'd imagine lots of flippy stuff. Everybody in uh, costume
0: because Halloween, yeah, good right,
1: stuff. Right, right. Um, you had what was it? Kenny Omega came out as Undertale, dude from Undertale. That yeah, was, that's and going. The Bucks that's were going Street
0: deep. Fighter characters. So again, it, yeah,
1: yeah, they brought that back. Um, and then, so this was still so fun match. The real stuff here was after the match, Young Bucks are ringside and they get jumped by two fans, two guys in uh, in Rick and Morty masks. Who quickly revealed that it's actually Santana and Ortiz? Sorry, sorry, proud and powerful. It's LAX. They got the. <laughs> they're they're the
0: new war machine in AEW. They're, it's LAX. It's LAX. It's LAX. Damn it. Suck it,
1: Conan. Oh uh, yeah, they got jump by them. You know what's great about this is that if you go back and watch the show, they inserted Santana and Ortiz into that spot long, long before that that actual moment. They were there reacting like fans for at least twenty minutes. <laughs> okay. It was. Awesome. I, didn't I didn't go, go back, back and look, look at how, that. how That's long, funny. It was. but it was a long time. They were there and acting like fans. Hey, it was great. It's, it's committing to the role, you know. Yep, absolutely. So <laughs> we got. To, uh, we do know that we've got Santana and Ortiz versus Young Bucks at Full Gear. Nice build to that. Yeah. Then we had the John Moxley promo, mm. where he came out and uh, addressed the fact that his Kenny Omega match was now unsanctioned, which we saw earlier in the show. He went into a, a meeting with Tony Khan, and we got to, uh, we had to hear through the door Tony Khan trying to explain to this madman that uh, due to his actions, they could not sanction the match with Kenny Omega, and it would not count against a win-loss. He was furious because he's like, hey, the whole point of me coming here, the whole point of me going after your golden boy was to get a match against him, and now you're taking away that, the, the, the whole point of that you're match. You're
0: saying it won't even count.
1: Right. Yeah, Sons of bitches. So he comes out and basically does the Moxley version of a, of a Stone Cold uh, promo, I would say. Maybe he, ba- he came out and murdered the uh, Peter Avalon, and then you know <laughs> killed him, and then says, "Okay, ex- you know executives, the suits, y'all can kiss my ass. Right. Kenny Omega's blood's gonna be on your hands after what I do to him. Uh, kiss my ass, stay the hell out of my way." Uh, what did you think about this, man? What do you think of him? What, what's, what is his potential as like a stone-cold figure? Or should they even be doing that kind of thing with him?
0: Mm, well, I, I don't like that this is unsanctioned. I would rather it be where he had to fight his way to get to Omega or something like that. I think the unsanctioned thing has already been used two or three times in AEW in its short lifespan, and I'm wondering yeah. if that's a regular thing and it, and it relegates you into Joey Janela territory. Which we have, we've not seen that work out so well for him. Even though the matches are brilliant, I think Moxley needs to be on the same tier and the same caliber at the top of the card. Uh, I, I just, I think that's why they brought him in to be that loose cannon, wild guy that could change alle- alle- alliance or allegiance on on, the, on a whim. And I think by I'm worried about putting them down into this unsanctioned matches and Omega having another unsanctioned match as well. Yeah. They're overdoing it. I think my point is that they're overdoing it with the unsanctioned matches a little bit.
1: I need to see what their plan is with this because yeah, it's, it seems like another way to have both these guys potentially not have a a mark in the loss column. Yeah. So this could be the, this could be the downside, the dark side of them having these win loss records and having them matter is that they're going to have to have a lot of unsanctioned matches just to, have a match where, you know, a guy who can't afford to take a loss isn't going to have a loss in his record. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we also, the big match, the main event was SCU versus Lucha Brothers for the first ever tag team championships. Uh, I thought this was a great match, and then the finish happened. Yeah. Out of freaking nowhere. And, uh, and all of a sudden, SCU are your champs, and we're out of time. Stings in the rafters. Was, uh, was that inside cradle finish a little bit underwhelming? Or did, they, did they run out of time? Certainly. What happened here?
0: I have no idea. Uh, and you know what? I, I, <laughs> what took up all the time, guys? Because at the end of the day, you, I think they had time to still put on a fantastic match. This whole inside cradle roll-up for something that you've been building since before you started the show by anointing Dark Order, I believe it was it All Out, Back in September, this thing's been going on now for
1: for some time. To to clarify, inside cradle and a roll up are two different things. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. go ahead. Yeah, either the the use of either one. Schoolboy roll up. He rolled him up. The didn't he? It was an inside cradle. No, it's inside cradle. Okay. Anyway, the 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 point of the match. The point of the, the the point we're trying to make here is that's a finish that only works in certain cases. And the the build to that, the use of that move in this match, I don't feel. Paid it off and it made for kind of a lackluster finish yeah. to what should have been a huge match. It's your first ever tag team champions and that, that was, not, was a very lackluster way to get there uh, especially with S and so do you think SCU should have won or should, have been, should it have been the Lucha Brothers?
0: I think SCU needed it. I think SC, I, I, fanboyism aside I think SCU is the right call. Other, I mean, okay. Otherwise, I'm just a huge mark for Pentagon and, and Phoenix, but you know, same, uh, same. we both are, we share that, but I think SCU is the right call here, um, uh, for a, v- a number of different reasons. They, they look good for the brand. Uh, they're going to be great champs. I think Scorpio sky has rocket strapped to his back. Um, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels are both awesome. They make a great, they got a whole spiel. They're a great team. They're a great little faction. Yeah, Lucha Bros. It's not going to be long before they're champs anyway, and they yeah. will be fine. I don't know if SCU would. I could have said the same thing about SCU had the Lucha Brothers won here. So that's my that's yeah. My no, it's a
1: good point. I don't know what they would have done with SCU if they hadn't won here. Having them having them be like second or third champs would definitely not have had the impact on their perception, whereas. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are already perceived as being a stronger team. So you make a good point. I think this is definitely good for SCU. Uh, And it obviously meant a lot to them too because they were very emotional about it backstage. Uh, But yeah, so that was AEW for this week. Entertaining. We've got an AEW Dark coming up on Tuesday, which should be very good. Sean Spears versus Michael Nakazawa. Mm. Mercedes Martinez and Big Swole versus Allie and Sadie Gibbs. Hello. Yes. And Jurassic Express... With Joey Janela, versus sorry, Jurassic Express versus Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc. That looks. That sounds okay. pretty good too. So A W Dark. Uh, people were saying, "Why do you have these really good matches on Dark?" Um, you know, why are you have these must see matches on A W Dark? And Nick Jackson responded, "Because we want A W Dark to be must see." <laughs> like, I can't argue A with that B logic. A plus
0: equals C, right?
1: A- yeah exactly so nick we are unsurprisingly running a little bit late on the show because there's so damn much to talk about but we do have to talk really quickly a little bit about ring of honor and impact
0: well Ian, and i did not get to watch these this week uh so i am basically a gonna i had a hell of a week if you guys hadn't caught on to that yet <laughs> Uh, But I'm going to let you run these down really quickly before we jump into the end of the show here. Uh, What happened in Ring of Honor and Impact this week?
1: Well, so just there's actually a couple of news points. I basically want to make this a bit separate from the other news segment here. Impact debuted on Access TV. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to know spoilers, skip ahead a little bit because I'm about to spoil something big. Uh, As we mentioned, Bound for Glory happened last week. And Brian Cage retained his championship in a brutal match against Sammy Callahan. Well, this week on Access TV on their debut episode, Sammy Callahan gave him three pile drivers in a row, one off the second rope, and beat him and won the Impact Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Sammy Callahan is now your Impact Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and right off the bat, looks like he's getting back into his Tessa Blanchard feud. Is that a good idea to to write off off? Like, are we going to see Tessa make a run for the the heavyweight championship? Should Sammy like, should he lose it to Tessa so soon? Should Tessa not beat him again because she's lost to him two three times in a row now?
0: Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. I, I will say this: I like the fact that uh, Impact is embracing the intergender feuds over there. Uh, it's it's one of the few places you can still see that level of commitment to intergender wrestling. Uh, outside yeah. of things like bar wrestling and and stuff like that, right? So, I, um, is this was it good today? I'm worried about Brian Cage. Is he okay? Is his back still bothering him? Okay. Um, I, I don't know if this was the right thing to do, but Sammy's really hot right now, and he really has it in for the ladies of Impact. <laughs> so, <laughs> for, for all of, throughout all of 2019, that's been the the through line of Impact. Hashtag is ooh. yeah, Sammy Callahan is uh, is. It's after the ladies. Is Tessa the first feud? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna put your champion up against your top woman, yeah, that's gonna be a good feud. Let's see what happens. But we've kind of seen it, haven't we? Is that the I point I don't know why
1: they didn't strap her with the X division when they had the chance? And and this I don't know. I'm 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 curious. They've got my attention. As you said, Sammy Callahan's killing it right now, one of the best heels in the game going right now. But uh very curious where they're going from here. Yeah. That is a very interesting development. I'm not sure. I mean, I, it's weird that they would not put, strap Sammy at the pay-per-view. Everyone who watched the pay-per-view paid money for the pay-per-view. Didn't see the title change, but I understand wanting to make a, something big happen on their debut episode on Access. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's see what else you got, Impact. They've been going the right direction. But going in the wrong direction, of course, is Ring of Honor. Uh, Joey Mercury this week. Was released by Ring of Honor. Initially, we were told it was a mutual decision, and then Joey went on Twitter and he went on a rampage. He released a whole bunch of texts that he had had with Greg Gilliland, who is the currently the owner, the, the guy who's running Ring of Honor, into the uh, ground for Sin- for Sinclair Broadcast Group. Ever since Sinclair bought them, they've been having troubles, and Joey's laying that all at the feet of Greg, who uh, apparently just does not give a crap about the talent. Uh, he's been screwing people over for money. He's been unresponsive when medical issues happen. Uh, Mercury was talking about how they had to set Flip Gordon's dislocated shoulder when, uh, when that injury happened, and they, didn't, they ultimately didn't get medical attention in time. He didn't know why there wasn't uh, medical staff ready, because he, and he blamed it on the higher-ups. Uh, he said that one of the reasons why they had the issue with Bully Ray, where he had to talk to the fan, about uh, proper etiquette was because they didn't have enough security. Uh, and Joey was basically, basically what he said, long story short, was the management of Ring of Honor is doing a horrible job and they don't care about the, the staff. And he actually, today, right before the show, and I haven't had a chance to really look at it, he actually released, he, he brought up Kelly Klein, the women's champion, uh, and how she's been screwed over. And uh, he released uh, a bunch of, of stuff today, a bunch of information about how she had asked for a pretty baseline guaranteed amount, $24,000 a year or $2,000 a month. And uh, they said no. And they wouldn't guarantee her anything. Uh, she actually came out in support of, of Joey Mercury online and said that he was just trying to do what was best for Ring of Honor. And uh, so and she so she says, I love Ring of Honor too. I want to do what's best for it too. Joey was just trying to do what was best for Ring of Honor. Uh, so now we have to wonder if Kelly Klein will see any repercussions from all of this.
0: Yeah, she'll end up in AEW, hopefully. She's fantastic. Well,
1: she is really good. But um, at the same time, yeah, Trouble in Ring of Honor Land. Definitely, uh, we've been talking about how they've been having issues for a while. This is just another really, really big one. So check out Joey Mercury's Twitter page if you want to see more of that. We don't have a whole lot of time to go into a lot of this because we have... A lot of news to talk about, still Nick. So that is Ring of Honor and Impact. Well,
0: thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. But we're not done just yet, guys. Hang tight. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep.
1: Oh, yes, boy. sir. Uh, so I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned Kane Velasquez has a legit knee injury. I talked about it at the top of the show. It will require surgery. Apparently, it's a PCL uh tear not it's not he didn't completely bust his pcl but he's been he's had it for a while apparently it's been a chronic issue for quite a while Wwe apparently knew about it when they signed him so very curious he, he's been working with it for a while now uh because apparently his training regimen is just is really extreme where he does a lot of explosive stuff uh, as opposed to letting his ligaments chill a bit so uh, yeah we don't know how long he'll be out or or what? But WWE signed him, so they're <laughs> apparently okay with paying a man to go sitting on the shelf and rehab.
0: Okay,
1: I don't, I don't, I mean, I it don't makes understand Makes No sense it. to me. No. Nope. The only thing I can think is like, you Nick, know, you ever have that where you get like a Christmas bonus and you just feel like you got to spend it? That's the only thing I can think is happening with WWE here. Yeah, is they basically they get, they got this this Fox one billion dollar signing bonus. They're like, ah, screw it, let's get Kane Velasquez, Vince. He's gonna be on the shelf for for six months. Screw it! I got the extra cash. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Vince doesn't have the extra cash because we just had the 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 uh, third quarter financial call for WWE. It's a lot of dry stuff. I've got a ton of notes here about it. I don't really want to go through all of it because it's a little dry, and we've been on this show is now getting a little bit long in the tooth. But uh, their stock dropped precipitously mm. after the after the the third quarter call. Pleaded uh, Vince personally because of the stock drop. Vince personally lost $296.5 million in the Mm. stock drop the day after the third quarter call.
0: Yeah, on Wednesday it was at 66. I'm looking at it right now, 66.38, and the lowest it got was on Thursday at 53. So it dropped over $10 a share, and right now it's still idling at that 56. Yep mid-50s mark. So, they, yeah, they lost a big chunk. They there. lost
1: a big chunk of money. They, uh, they admitted on the call their live events were not a, were, were a money loser. They were down 3.1 million. Uh, they said there was lower attendance in North America. We could have told you that from just looking at the crowds. Uh, they, they acknowledged that reviews for 2K20 have been, quote, mixed. <laughs> That's like saying the reviews for Geely were mixed. That, 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 right. that, that game got crapped on. Because it's crap, uh, WWE Network has dropped in subs. They said, but they but they tried to counter that by saying, "But hey, it's a better network now. We put out a new version. It's great." Yeah, but you dropped in subs. Uh, so again, there's a bunch of Q and A stuff. Uh, India deal is coming to an end. They have no timeline for the Middle East deal. Um, they're gonna have a different pricing prop than Disney Plus, HBO Max, etc., uh, and they're not gonna change based on other services' pricing for the for the network. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, they did not. They would not confirm that the Saudi Arabia deal was still going to happen with two shows a year. Um, let's see. They did. They would not want to answer if this crown jewel was going to be as profitable as the other ones because of how much they spent on Cain Velasquez and Tyson Fury. They didn't want to talk about that. Uh, and then they didn't want to talk about NXT's bottom line. They didn't want to talk about Eric Bischoff's firing. They dodged all these questions. And uh, finally, when they when asked about AEW, they said the live content ecosystem is competitive, and they try to drive as much engagement on Mondays and Fridays as they can. And they take AEW seriously, but that in this war, they expect that they will win. So mm. that was the that was the call. Speaking of AEW and NXT and competitiveness, as we suspected, AEW and NXT were down significantly this week because they were against Game Seven of a great World Series. AEW is down to seven hundred fifty-nine thousand, which is twenty-one percent down. Damn! Yeah, congrats
0: to Nationals and the fans, by the way. That was um, a but, down. yeah, not congrats to AEW and Oof. NXT. It was, it was uh, brutal. Uh, if I can throw some extra numbers in there as well, we did see a massive, crazy resurgence in SmackDown numbers last night. Two, I looked at them up at, right before the show. Two point five million at a Ooh. point eight. Um, so it was fantastic numbers.
1: So uh, people 15% heard about
0: percent. From the last wow. time they were on Frox. wow!
1: So yeah. people, obviously, some people had some interest in what was going to happen with the whole crew being in, in the Middle East. Wow! It goes to show how many people are out there if you can pique their interest. Saying something. It also shows was, how
0: much people might be invested into the different roster than what's well, they currently didn't know, on
1: there. They didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, everyone we, was
0: none of us did. Everyone was yeah. like,
1: "What's going to happen?" That curiosity factor brought back fifteen percent. Damn. 2.5 uh, million. That's yeah. the numbers they want. So versus AEW uh, at 759, and NXT brought in 580,000 people. That was down 14%. But that's the closest the two shows have been ever since the AEW debuted on Wednesdays. So uh, World Series is over. Now, now the real fun now starts. Now the fun starts here in November, December. Now we see some fun stuff. We're going to get a much better idea of where things are going to level off because they're they're not leveling off down here. They're much going to be much higher than that on the normal. Uh, New Japan, quick notes. We've got the Junior Tag Tournament finals this Sunday. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Desperado versus Sho and Yo for for who will be uh, facing off at Wrestle Kingdom for the Tag Team Championships. At this point... uh, Canamar and Desperado, or Show and Yo at Wrestle Kingdom for the champion for the championships for the titles. Show and Yo all the way. Mm. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a no brainer here. Uh, we've also got uh, also on Power Struggle, which is this Sunday. We've got uh, Osprey versus Bushi. Bushi cost Osprey the uh, tag team tournament finals by spraying him in the face. So Osprey, uh, Bushi's been asking for a championship match for a while. Osprey says, "Cool." You just earned yourself a beatdown. You got it. So, power struggle this Sunday Osprey versus Bushi. Also, mm. this Sunday, Jay White versus Hiroki Goto for the Intercontinental title. Kenta versus Tomohiro Ishii for the never openweight title. Naito versus Taichi. Uh, Okada and Yoshihashi versus Ibushi and Tanahashi. And some other tag matches. So, should be a good power struggle, like a little, little, like kind of secondary show, but should have some really good matches if you want to check out New Japan.
0: Is it possible Goto pulls off the Intercontinental and just completely screws up everything for Wrestle Kingdom in a couple months?
1: It's funny because the storyline right now is that Goto was the first guy to want to unify the titles back in, I think, like, 12 or 13. And so now he's like, dude, I'm the OG oh. of wanting to unify the titles. I need my shot. I think that's just the drama they're building for this. It's abs- Dude, it's Naito, it's Jay White, it's Ibushi, it's Okada. It's those four. Yeah. Go- this is Goto. He's going to be written out here, and that's down to those four. One of those four is going to be your first double champ. Hmm. Hashtag Naito. Uh, <laughs> good, our good pal Jim Cornette, he of the uh, the quiet speech and uh, and and the kindness towards all humans, is in a bit of hot water uh, over a statement he made about a ring announcer. Uh, so, uh, a, on Twitter, a guy named Glenn Joseph Robinson said. Remember when Jim, quote, a tennis racket is a logical wrestling weapon for a fat manager in an ill-fitting suit, unquote. Cornetto said that my best mate should hang himself from a light post until he died because he didn't wear a bow tie to ring announce. Yeah, I don't forget that shit, James. Cornette responded, good. Write it down and shove it up your ass so it's always close to you. You and the disheveled-looking hobo bum ring announcer are the most sensitive butthurt people I've ever seen. And the quote was, quote, he should be hung in the parking lot for dressing that way, end quote. Get it straight. Well, as you can imagine, the Twitterverse did not take kindly to Jim Cornette being Jim Cornette. And it was immediately put out there that Cornette had advocated someone commit suicide. To which NWA actually had to respond, David Ligana put out a press release saying over the last few days, a situation was brought to our attention in regard to comments made by Jim Cornette that have been taken as making light on the subject of suicide. We've addressed the situation internally with Mr. Cornette and made it clear that any comments in regards to the subject, joking or serious, are not endorsed by Lightning One and the National Wrestling Alliance. Mr. Cornette understands the seriousness of this situation, and with that, he will remain the color commentator for NWA power -er. Mental health and suicide prevention are very important to the NWA president, Billy Corrigan, and myself. If you ever need help or need to speak with anyone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, To be
0: clear, he said he should be hung as in lynching him, not
1: suicide. Right. So if you want to get mad. Which is
0: not any better.
1: (laughs) He's advocating homicide, not suicide, just to be clear. We're not defending Jim Cornette. Get it straight. Just get it straight. (laughs) Right. Jim Cornette is not advocating suicide. He's advocating killing someone for dressing like a bomb. Oh, (laughs) Jim. By the way, NWA... If you hire Jim Cornette, you're gonna get Jim Cornette. Just FYI, you're gonna get everything that comes along with him, and that includes his big mouth. All right, this is a man who's made millions of dollars talking shit. It's literally his gimmick. is pissing people off. Just so you know. Okay, and with that, the last a, a little bit of news I've got today. This is this came out this morning right before the show. So this is. Hey, this can is I be serious for a minute? Oh yes. No, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> good, good attempt at being serious. See what I did there. Uh-huh. Uh, finally, Lance Storm, who has been very critical of WWE on Twitter over the years and months, uh, I'm very surprised to hear this. He officially announced today he's going to be a WWE producer. He's joining backstage. Uh, okay. Wow! Wow! Uh, that's a great idea. The guy's got a great creative mind.
0: He does, smart dude. And, and I'm wondering if the idea of bringing all of these '90s guys back is to try is is somehow influenced by uh, the either USA Fox or the WWE executive team to try and rebirth what was uh, all of the the what made the Attitude Era huge. Well, Nick, and, and I, I, I I hope not because it ain't gonna happen again. Lance world really, was not a, a big different part world. Of the
1: Attitude Era. He happened no, to be I, there in the Attitude Era.
0: I understand, but there were nine, people that were prolific in the 90s, and he was one of them. So okay. that's
1: what—that's all I'm saying. Let's be clear. I think they're bringing in Landstorm. No, yes, great wrestling mind. He will probably be a huge asset to them. Yeah. But I truly think they're bringing him in just so they don't hear us say, Landstorm to AEW! You heard it here first! Nope. He's going to WWE. And that's the news, Nick.
0: Oh Well, thank you very much, sir, Ian Dangerous. And thank you guys for hanging in with us on this marathon monumental episode today. Uh, There was so much to cover and so much to catch up on. Uh, I watched at least 10 hours of wrestling in the last 24 hours. Uh, Just to get caught up on everything. And what a week it has been. Thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Don't go anywhere, though. We're coming right back with a new stream to do our weekly patron mailbag episode number five to answer all of our listener patron questions. If you want to get in on some of that and get your questions answered every single week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that just that $5 tier or higher if you want. Because at the higher tier, you get bonus episodes. You can even get a Skype call with Sir Ian Dangerous and I. So there's all kinds of good stuff. Stuff over at patreon.com/slash BWO. Thank you to all of our patrons for all of your support and getting those questions in every single week. Also, guys, head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into our discussion group. It's the hub of our operation where you can find all kinds of good stuff over there. Uh, you'll also find links to our Discord community where we have live chats all throughout the week on all the TV shows, as well as dedicated channels for uh, every single pay-per-view in pro wrestling. So make sure you join our Discord community. It's a very budding, new, exciting community, uh, and there's a lot of action happening over there that you won't see on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Let's see. Last but certainly not least, we stream live here every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're on the race to a thousand subscribers and I think Ian and I are cooking up something special Ooh. if we can get to that thousand subscriber number by the end of the year so hang tight for that tell your friends tell your family Busted Wide opens where it's at right here on youtube.com slash busted wide open but my name is Nick Howell you can
1: find me on twitter at data center dude and I am Sir Ian Dangerous you can find me on twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous but by God would somebody stop the damn back